Immortality gets pretty damn dull after the first couple of centuries, doesn't it? What's the secret, Doc? What do you do when there's nothing left but the dark, cold emptiness that stretches out for centuries behind you? And when you look in the mirror, all that you see is the abomination that you are. Cashews, almonds, welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. I know you have a big problem with cashews, Keith. So You don't like cashews? I do like a cashew. A, a good cashew, a cashew. gentlemen. Yeah. What's your least favorite nut? Ooh, uh, great question. It's really good Brazil question nuts. to kick off the show. Uh, <laughs> Brazil nuts? Eh. Lame. What's a Brazil nut? They're the ones that... They're big. In the mixed nuts, they're the big ones. The uh, giant ones. Yeah. I'm pretty sure some I people have like a them. racist name that they use to describe they them. They do. Mm. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, really? You know, actually, I'll say I kind of don't like macadamia nuts. Like really? I Like, people go gaga over them. Like, they're like, oh, macadamia... Like, they're all expensive and shit. Like, and they are, and they taste fine. Damia like gaga. But like, <laughs> Damia goo goo. <laughs> I'm fine with them, but if I had to pay money for nuts, I'm I'll, I'll pay for a cheaper nut. I think I'll get. More I'll pl- pay for a cheaper, cheaper nut. <laughs> <laughs> I That's feel like the, the title of Keith's sex tape. <laughs> I don't like pistachios that much. I'll say it. Ooh, that's oh. a hot take. Yeah. The green ones or the red ones? <laughs> oh, I didn't know there were red ones. Yeah, they don't really make them anymore. I think there's something wrong with the food dye they put in them. Uh, They're just dyed. They're, They're just not Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know why they did that. I didn't that. know that. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know Psy of Gangnam Styles on the pistachio commercial. That's but... right. And Stephen Colbert. <laughs> yeah. I don't love Is them. it the shelling you don't like, or do you like the... I hate the shelling. <laughs> okay. Well, Eamon hates all forms of manual labor. This is well yeah. known about I kind of like the, the shelling aspect of it. It's one of the few nuts that, like, you're expected to shell. Mary shelling. <laughs> hey, great transition. Great transition. That's we're... right. Today, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 17. The Modern Prometheus. By the way, this is also the first episode we've got the camera set up here yeah. in the studio. Uh, it's weird having it there. I feel like I want to keep turning to it. Like Jim in the office to be you like, want to like mug to the camera. Well, I want to say things to the camera, like, but I don't know. And Eamon, you're just you've been staring at it the whole time, <laughs> <laughs> staring directly into the camera. Yeah. So before we kick off the show, we want to thank all our Patreon patrons and other people like Gordon's uh, from Canada who gave us a huge donation. Yeah. We have now purchased a new computer and a small camcorder, so we're going to be putting up some like highlights on our Patreon page from highlights. our highlights. <laughs> That's right from the recording session. Uh, so thanks everybody that made that possible. Uh, uh, the new computer is amazing. It's Ooh. making my job a lot easier already. Like, wow! I did a little speed test the other day on like how fast it takes to just like mix down one of these tracks. You did a line off the off the computer. That's right, I did. <laughs> Man, it was quick. It was awesome. Oh, it's, that's great. Like, honestly, like mixing down one of these tracks can take like twenty minutes just to export it. it took about a minute. Damn. Nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess when you're you're used to using a decade-old computer, the update is huge. Yeah, huge. huge. Uh, and also, before we jump into this episode, huge. I've got another uh, email to read. Another extremely nice email Damn. from a fan. Uh, so we don't often read emails anymore on our regular episode, but we're making an exception because this one's so nice. Well, we need to stroke ourselves off. 
Okay, cool. Well, it's a yeah, good yeah, thing the camera's doing. rolling right now. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, get this on film. All right, this is from Anthony E. Tony E. Tony E. Tony E. Hey, guys, right off the top, you have a great podcast. I can't tell you how much I enjoy it. I've been a pretty hardcore Highlander fan for most of my life. I used to stay up late Sunday nights to watch it in high school. Oh. I can't believe, believe it played late Sunday, Sunday nights. Yeah. Wow. That's brutal. Yeah. Got to go to math class in the morning. Catch that HL beforehand, though. Depending on, on if anything futs with the schedule, sometimes it would co- come... Ugh, can't read today. <laughs> depending, How's that different than any other day? Depending on if anything futs with the schedule, sometimes it wouldn't come on till 1 a.m. This was in the days before DVR or any way of looking ahead to see what time something was on, other than the printed TV guide or newspaper, neither of which I had. So it made for some sucky Monday mornings. Anyway, I'm a huge fan and love the conversations you guys have. I apologize in advance for what's going to seem like a novel, but I just caught up on every one of your episodes, and I've got some things to say. Oh, shit. I've got something to say. <laughs> Better to burn out than to fade away. That's right. Yo. Kyle was pulling a little. Uh... Wait, what were you? Were you I, referencing uh, Stranger Things? Candy? Candy? Yes. Very good. Stranger Things, Duffer Brothers. <laughs> That's right. Yes. The Hillary Duffer Brothers. <laughs> Word association. If only there were two Hillary Duffs. <sighs> we could only wish. <laughs> I'm so glad you worked the. Creepy? I, think we've, I think we've got exactly the right amount of Hillary Duffs. Yeah. Never. <laughs> I'm so glad you worked the bugs out of your format. Season one, like with every series, I could tell you we're playing with some things to see what works best. Eamon's face. You, <laughs> your most recent episode was perfect and exactly Whoa. what I think works best. I believe that might have been Comes a Horseman? Ooh. When this was written, July 25th? July 25th. That sounds right. We all right. thought that was like, I don't know. When I edited that episode, I was like, this is some good shit. We got <laughs> some good emails about that one, too. Anyway, thank you, Tony. I can only imagine how much work it's been figuring out how all this works, so my hat is off to you. 200-plus episodes have definitely refined your skills and is now a well-oiled machine. However, on that Uh-oh. note, and this is good, I started a drinking game during season one. Every time Keith says the word like, I would <laughs> take a shot. Two episodes into this game, I put myself in an alcohol-induced coma for three months. This is true. I said, like, a lot. I still say it a we lot. We still say it it's a, a It's a lot less than it used to be. It's, yeah. uh, last time I listened to that first episode, it was rough. Like. It was, like, rough. <laughs> it was, like, really, like, rough. <laughs> um, I love how passionate you get about your thoughts on a scene or an episode, but, man, did you say, like, a lot. I mean a lot. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, you've gotten better for sure, uh, so I'm not sure if you got that feedback early on and changed your ways, but thank God you got better. <laughs> we did get that feedback. A few people wrote a us A few people that. were like, yeah. this sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I'm doing fine now. The doctor not says... Not just about you. Yeah. I'll regain the use of my left side in no time, and my oh. eyesight will return. <laughs> that's good. Oh, uh, is he drinking, like, some homemade still stuff yeah, that's, right. like, going to make him go blind? Some tub, tub juice? Some mm. tub gin, yeah. Tub gin. Uh, so thoughts on limbs growing back and facial scars <laughs> right into it. Um, having limbs grow back is confusing to me. It would make them like Deadpool. Do they all just grow back from the head down or does each limb grow a new body like a starfish? It's just easier to make a severed bone permanent to me. I think anything from the neck up would be extremely sensitive since it's the only thing separating you from real death. Getting your throat cut like the Kurgan or getting a neat facial scar like Cronus would just be something to remind you uh, not to damage the moneymaker. But Duncan has received throat cuts in the series before. 
before, and he doesn't seem to have any scars. So it is clearly something they haven't really kept up with on the series. Um, are there inconsistencies in the show? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what uh, show? <laughs> what are we even talking about, guys? Uh, but those are my feelings on how it would work and why some have scars. As Anne noticed, Duncan doesn't have any scars anywhere. So I think it's only from the neck up that those wounds would stick around. I think I'm just going to become a thorn in your side because I have so many thoughts on so many episodes. But since they're all too old to really comment on, I'll just have to stick with shooting you an email on the new episodes. One last thing. I've operated a mobile detailing business on the side for the past 20 plus years. Just a little extra hustle to fund some extra fun for the family. I haven't donated to supporting your podcast yet, but this is what I'll do. Anytime I detail a Toyota Highlander, I will donate every dime of the job to you guys. That should be good for a couple hundred bucks a pop. Whoa. <laughs> now, before you get too excited, because it's a side hustle and I'm not actively seeking jobs, it could be a while before Highlander comes my way. But when it does, it's all yours. I'll definitely find a way to contribute to you besides that uh, as well. Uh, you do a great job and I really appreciate it. I'm going to hunt down a Highlander now so I can put my money where my mouth is. Maybe it will make dealing with my word diatribes worth it. There can be only one, Anthony. Wow. Nice. Very that? nice. Anthony, that is amazing. Also, I love the Highlander connection. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So thank you very much, Anthony, Extremely for nice. uh, finding a unique, 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 and creative way to contribute to our show. Did you pronounce Uniqlo? <laughs> Uniqlo. Okay. They have a good t-shirt. Are you guys ready to hop into this episode? Let's yeah. do it. This is the penultimate episode. This is exciting. So it is. exciting. The penultimate episode because Lord Byron writes with a pen. That's right. He does. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. We can only assume. We can only assume. It was assume. never filmed on <laughs> it screen. It was never filmed him writing with a pen. Okay, so today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 17, The Modern Prometheus, which I'm assuming is called Prometheus because uh, Metheos is in it. Oh, Metheos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Most confused title I have ever encountered, perhaps on this show. Oh, really? All right, I well, am, let's let's talk about it later. I am bursting with thoughts. Wow, all right. Final Just thought. give me the thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> this was first aired May 12th, 1997. Directed by Adrian Paul. This is the last of the four episodes he directed. The others were Homeland, Methuselah's Gift, and Revelation 6-8. Also, the show he filmed, A Beautiful Distraction, uh, with Vivica A. Fox, is allegedly coming out soon on the website planettwisted.com. Sorry, Planet Twisted? Yeah, Twisted. And... Unlike what you twisted, it's not spelled with a Z like you would hope. Twisted Aww. is it like, oh, it's my, like a Twizzler? Yeah, it's <laughs> like my favorite teas. Yeah, it's just like your favorite teas. Mm-hmm. The website is like half complete. I was doing some digging on this. It seems to have another film advertised on the site called Crazy Town by the same director. They all look like kind of low budget indie films. Uh, there's a lot in the coming soon section, but they're just pictures with titles, and they all have stock text below each picture. That are all slated for 2023. And the, the stock text is just like title here, title here. Ooh. Yeah, this is a very, very weird site by. I think it Vivica A. Fox involved. I don't know. I think it AP yeah. involved. That's weird. Yeah. Who's more famous between the two of them? Vivica, Vivica Fox. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 What's, what's she been up to lately? She was know. in um, A Beautiful Distraction recently. Oh, was, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, on Twisted whatever? Yeah. Twisted.com. Is that what it was called? Twisted.com? Planet Twisted. Planet, Planet Twisted. Twisted. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll, we'll bring terrible. it. This is the first uh, bit of news on this project that we've seen in a while. So uh, do you imagine we a def- whole Twisted Planet? Oh, wow. How would we I get around? We're living on it now. <laughs> so we're definitely going to have to do like a, oh, a sure. bonus episode on that. 
This episode was written by James Thorpe. This is his third of eight Highlander episodes. Uh, his first two were the Money No Object episode. Money No, Money, money no. no. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing my Money No t-shirt right, right now. Get your Money Present. No t-shirt today. No. Money, yes. That's right. Money, uh, yes. So we wrote Money No Object and Valkyrie. Uh, we will see more of him when we get to The Raven. And more recently, he wrote and produced Private Eyes with Jason Priestley. Maurice. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we got guest stars on this episode. We got Peter Wingfield as Mythos. Mythos? Peter Wiggs is back, P- P- Wiggs. as I call him. F. Braun McCash as Hans Kirshner. Oh, Hans Kirshner, that, that old chestnut. We got Katie Carr as Claire Claremont. Oh, God, that is that a is hot. Not, that, that is, is not a joke. Katie That's her Carr name. Is Katie Carr is Claire Claremont. Yeah. Uh, Katie Carr, Claire Claremont. <laughs> yeah. She played Caitlin in Heroes. I don't remember who the character of Caitlin was, but she was in Heroes. Yeah, she was in Dinotopia. Oh, yeah. how about that? Remember that show? I do remember that. Your that. favorite dinosaur property. I love that property. Why did you also that your favorite movie? Topia? My favorite Topia. They made a television series. Did, but they can make a movie. They keep did making they these, not? Oh, did they, they not? They did. But they keep making these dumb Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. Where you know the dinosaurs of you know Fallen Kingdom run amok. But how about a Dinotopia? Yeah, where the dinosaurs true. are it's living, not all like the way the, media, the way the media portrays dinosaurs, dinosaurs only shows the negative side. Fake news. Yeah. Fake news about these dinosaurs. How about the dinotopias? You clearly be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Shameful. This episode guest stars Michelle Modo as Maurice. Or does it? Or does it? <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But Maurice is kind of back in this episode. Kind of. Yeah. And finally, this episode guest stars Jonathan Firth as Lord Byron. This is Colin Firth's younger brother. Uh, Whoa, really? Really? Holy really. shit. He's and in a lot of British shit. He is. He's a British gentleman. Uh, <laughs> oh. And I have the a gentleman feeling... gentleman is debatable. <laughs> I have a feeling he wrote his own IMDb, you know, like his little uh, bio. Bio of himself. Just Ooh. because it reads, this charismatic and elegant actor unfairly seems to be best known as the younger brother of British heartthrob <laughs> Colin Firth. <laughs> this is indeed is he, a... Is he bitter much about uh, it? He seems to be because he says, this is indeed a pity because Jonathan Firth has developed a distinct and interesting resume of his own performances in radio, theater, feature films, but more prominently in very high quality television works. It also le- says it. What a he, pity! Yeah, right. <laughs> the uh, world weeps for, the <laughs> for Jonathan Firth. Firth. Yeah, uh, it also says he likes scuba diving and Indian food. As he a fun definitely wrote that oh, himself. Wow. Yes. He likes a uh, curry. Sure. Nothing makes me want to hire an actor like self pity. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's give him a job. That's right. Oh, he's so sad. Look at him, little guy. Johnny Firth. All right. You guys ready for the IMDb episode descriptions? Yeah, yeah. We have two. Uh Uh-oh. Not one, but two. Were they also written by Jonathan Firth? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) In a a cruelly maligned (laughs) twist of fate, Lord Byron is the younger brother of Colin Firth. It's sadly just a guest star in this episode and not... The, the star, star. Of his own yeah. he loves cocaine and sexual assault by lander <laughs> <laughs> all right so the the real simple imdb description just reads duncan visits lord byron and the shelleys inspiring mary shelley to write frankenstein incorrect, <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> so wrong that is not what happens <laughs> Everything about that is so wrong. Duncan visits Lord Byron and the Shelleys, inspiring me. Is it, like, visits? <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. No. No. God damn it. All right, next. The other description reads, Lloyd, 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 Lloyd Byron. Byron. <laughs> Lord Byron, the famous poet, is immortal. And in modern day, he has become a music star. 
It comes to the attention of Duncan, Mythos, and Joe that he is luring aspiring musicians into his world of drugs and, <laughs> and reckless living. Into his world of drugs. With the, and that's kind of like a dinotopia, a world of drugs. <laughs> uh, with the musicians like usually planet, winding right? up dead, and Duncan decides to put a stop to it. In flashback to 1816 Switzerland, Byron and Mythos inspire Mary Shelley to write Frankenstein. <laughs> Nice. There we go. Duncan visits Lord Byron and the Shelleys. It's just Duncan at their, like, grave. Hey. hey. Oh, my gosh. But before we hop into this, we've got to revisit the Highlander catalog. Oh, my gosh. I know. We oh almost gosh. skipped it. How could we skip it? Oh, my gosh. It's not a true Dinotopia without a catalog game. That's, That's right. true. All right, guys. Today, we are going to be reading out of the 2000 catalog. Wow. Yeah, right? We're getting into the modern modern times. We're going to be talking about the Highlander sports umbrella, and I have a picture of the umbrella on my phone. Ooh. You guys to look at? Sporting. Ooh. Yeah, right? I like it. All right, cool. Cool. Yeah, cool. cool. It seems very short for an umbrella. It's got a very short handle. Well, I don't know. That's maybe the sport umbrella part of it. Uh, uh, so the way the game works is I'm going to read a description out of the Highlander catalog. Eamon and Kyle are going to try to guess as close as they can to the actual price in the year 2000. Whoever guesses the price closest gets to give their opinion of the episode first at the end of the episode. Uh, if they are off by 20% or more, yours truly gets to give his opinion first. We call so. that the Gordon rule. That's right. It's pretty good. Do we good. still get your respect if we, we win? That's right. Also, you do get my respect if you win mm. for the rest of the episode. Respect my authority. <laughs> great, oh, oh. great impression, Amy. Great impression. Great reference. <laughs> wow. How'd you think to do that? Put me. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, God. I haven't seen that show in like almost a decade. I watched it last night. How'd it go? Oh, wait, really? Yeah, I did. Why? What do you mean, why? You guys hate, do you not like it, I assume? No, I just I haven't watched it in like 10 years. So, wait, wait, what? Like, why, why are you like, why did you watch, watch it? it? What do you mean just to watch it? Because it's funny. I wanted to no, laugh. But to, I wanted to laugh. Jeez. Oh, you wanted to laugh? I'm just surprised. It. I didn't realize you still watched it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it was, there is a very judgy tone in it. Yeah, right. You were like, right why did you watch yeah. that comedy show? Like, I don't know. It's still good. I thought it was good. I just don't know anybody <laughs> that still watches it. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I'm not, I don't I'm, care. Well, like, it's pleased to meet you. Amy. It's just surprising. I still watch South Park from time to time. Not all the time. I mean, I used to have I'll like, like binge it an enormous time. Cartman keychain that was like like an apple. <laughs> why? It was just There's a big the question. Why did point? you have that? <laughs> yeah. Don't in, ask me why I watched South Park. I was Park. in fifth grade and I loved Cartman. All right, you were too young to be watching South Park. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was not allowed to watch South Park for. A I long wasn't time. either. Oh, cool, rebel. I just watched, yeah, real rebel. <laughs> Okay, you turkeys. So, you get my respect for the rest of the episode. 20% more. If you're off by, I get to give my opinion first. You guys ready to hear this description? Yeah. For the Highlander Sport Umbrella. This is the other weapon immortals draw from their long coats to protect their heads. <laughs> Constructed of treated PVC nylon for extreme endurance season after season, pop-up mechanism triggers fast and efficiently. Wow, this is intense. Black with These classic Highlander Sword logo. There you go. That's it. Wow. Who has to go first? Should I go first? Sure. You may go first. I'm going to guess this is 1999 because of that Ooh. pop action. It's that popping and locking action. Eamon, how much do you think this costs? Is it price to own? I would say this is price to own. $15. $15. Going to be tight. Actual retail price is nineteen ninety-five. Oh, hey, yo, was I four cents off? Yeah, I bet you were. Oh, Very good. yeah. You guys want to take a venture how much this might cost today? The Highlander Sport Umbrella, you mean item like, 688. 
adjusted for 19 years of inflation. That's right. Uh, 26 99 30 Amen? bucks. 30 bucks. Amen. All right. 20, 29 72 oh. Would you guys pay $30 for this umbrella? No. No. <laughs> no, no. I would Money, not pay. No. Unless no, it was like no. a really nice big umbrella, which just does this not, is not seem to be. No, this is a tiny little umbrella. This yeah. seems like a, an umbrella you get in like a swag bag right. at a convention. But right. yeah, you're right. This is the sort of umbrella you like always have around just in case. It's not your good umbrella. Like in your bag or something. Yeah, like yeah. you throw it in the trunk or the backseat of your car. It's Emergency. Not, it's not a cherished Other places. Other you're not going to give it to your son when you die. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? Passing along umbrellas? <laughs> umbrellas? It is now. Okay. Huh. I see you've got your heirloom umbrella over there. That's right. I'm not giving anything to my children when I die. Why is that? Because they're ungrateful little bastards. Oh, okay. These are your current existing children. Right? Yep, my current existing children. <laughs> Great. Eamon Jr. and Scruffy. And Scruffy. Scruffy. I assume that's not a nickname. Nope. Definitely not a nickname. That is her legal name. <laughs> to <a> her. It's <laughs> <laughs> my beautiful daughter, Scruffy. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sure she appreciates how long it took for you to think of her name. <laughs> she has to be in every night by 5 p.m. That's her curfew. Okay, good. Eamon Jr. can do whatever he wants, though. Yeah. Well, boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. That's Yikes. true. Speaking of boys being boys, this problematic episode features a couple yes. of scenes. <laughs> so let's talk about the modern Prometheus. How's it open up? With blurry concert footage. <laughs> Byron, 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 Byron. So I sort of remembered this episode. I remembered like the contour that some degenerate rock star is like trying to get young people, young musicians in his web. I did not remember that he was actually Lord Byron. Right. <laughs> and then when they're yelling Byron, I was like, <laughs> huh, interesting. <laughs> but anyway, we get a lot of stock footage of yeah. a weird concert Way in which much. you can see nothing. No, it is just blurry, shaky. Like, the camera is just, like, freewheeling out there. It's, uh... And we get just, like, some guitar wailing, like, meow, yeah. meow. <laughs> like, throughout this entire episode, you will just hear guitars that sound like a cat getting hit with a boot. <laughs> <laughs> just like, meow. After the concert... Byron is being like led by his guards to his car, and there's this like wide mouth dipshit. Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. I was curious. I was like, "Is this the Jerry?" Well, Jerry got shot, right? Yeah, but he recovered he and recovered. gave him a new lease on life. Now where he's he a wanted musician. To yeah. a musician. <laughs> and, he be and flew to Paris too, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's probably the same dreams. Jerry. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the same Jerry. <laughs> there's no possible way it couldn't be. So Jerry, I guess his he's like trying to get reach byron he has sent him some demo tape yeah and so he's like yelling about this and i guess byron has heard the tape he like recites some of the he's lyrics like, back yeah. To him. yeah he's like i could never be all that you dream or whatever was can like we, can we describe jerry for a second <laughs> go for it he yeah. like, looks like a, a middle-aged like soccer dad right yeah, like, this is weird well he already had a first career as a security <laughs> this is guy. true yeah <laughs> so he's starting over yeah no, but this guy does not like look like he should be a rock star. Like no, he should not be allowed to touch a guitar. This gentleman, like Wait, outside, outside of like a church youth group, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's the demo he sent in. I think yeah, yeah. that was actually the the church demo. Yeah, no, he's wearing like a just denim. weird he's casting. Just, like, yeah, it's... he doesn't look the part. No, to me, no. Yeah, and he's got just like a real dopey look. He yeah. is real dopey. <laughs> like what, what were the lyrics? Just. Buh. <laughs> 
Gotta fill up the minivan gas tank. <laughs> yeah, what are the lyrics? Song. Did you say, Kyle? The, some of the lyrics are, in the confusion, love a man, not an illusion. See, that's definitely about Jesus. <laughs> I could <laughs> never right. be all that you dream. That's right. Ooh. All right, so... Still about Jesus. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> Byron, thinking, I'm thinking this church youth group thing yeah, is part of right. it. Uh, so Byron's cool with this. He's like, all right, get in the car, Jerry, because like I'm gonna let's play together or whatever. And so then we cut to this like abandoned warehouse, like train yard place. Like, And we'll be coming back to this. Oh, yeah. Yes, we will. Don't worry. Jerry and Byron are like up in the rafters of this warehouse and they are getting drunk. They're drinking a bottle of Jameson and Jerry almost falls and Byron like catches him. Helps him get back up. Right. They're, for some reason. And he's just like, uh, so we can we talk about the music? <laughs> You dipshit. Obviously, you're not talking about the music up here. (laughs) Right. Byron is like, well, how about we jump? Then we'll, then let's go lay down some tracks together. What does. Jerry! 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 When I was expecting there to be some way to live through this jump, it's like, oh, are they trying to jump in the water? Is there a dumpster full of trash that could break their fall? Is there something? No, this is a a murder jump. They are going to just jump from like a six-story warehouse roof onto just the earth. (laughs) There is no plan. And Jerry's just like, okay. Okay, okay, I can do it. I can do this. Byron has given him the whole spiel that if you do this, we'll be... Damon and Pythias. That's right. And then Jerry doesn't know what that means, and I don't know what that means either. And he's like, Batman and Robin. Would you like to know what that means? I would love it. So there's... I'm loving it. (laughs) There's an old Greek story about two best friends, Damon and Pythias, and an evil king, I believe his name is Dionysius, decides that uh, he thinks one of them is scheming against him. So Uh. he sentenced him to execution. But he wants to like go home and say goodbye to his family and all this stuff. So his best friend, Pythias, says, I will stay here in his stead. And if he doesn't come back at the allotted time, right. you can execute me instead. Cool. So the king agrees. <laughs> okay. And yeah. lo, much to his shock, the guy actually does come back. Right. And he is so touched by this display of friendship that he pardons them both. Ooh. That's right. And then in some versions of the story, the king actually wants to be their secret third best friend, and they don't want him to. And they're like, nah, brah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's really funny. But All right. I guess you there can you be our friend. So that's Damon and Pythias. That's kind of a funny moment. Byron's like, ugh, yeah. Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, you fuck. <laughs> so Byron kind of lays into this, like, if you're, you know, this is all about, like, living in the moment and, like, this this is your mortality. Like, this comes back, as you said, again. But that's, like, Byron's, like, this thrill-seeking dude. And then there's a shared hallucination of someone of a crowd chanting, chanting Jerry. Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, who's yeah. experiencing this? So I, probably you, is Jerry. This, is, is this a shadows moment? Yeah. Are we hallucinating as the audience? Jerry, 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 so Jerry. Did they like do drugs before this or something? Or are they just drunk? Because this makes no sense. <laughs> because what happens? Well, if you're not living, you're dying. And no, then they no die. guts, no glory. And, they, and they, he screams Geronimo yeah. and jumps. He, he has like three taglines before he jumps. <laughs> yeah, like right. Any one of those things should be the thing you say before you jump. And he says all three. He does them all. <laughs> Jerry jumps. And Jerry jumps. <laughs> Jerry jumps. And dies. And, and dies. And <laughs> is very dead. I like the way they shot this. Like, I like that all we see is the bottle smash on the ground. I thought yeah, that was effective. That was good. As Better opposed to seeing fall. a human 
explode. Oh, we could have gotten a dummy fall. <laughs> I know. Honestly, it would have been good. just reused the, uh, <laughs> the Robert and or Richie fall again. Yeah, in that purple suit. Yeah. So Byron wakes up at this moment. Now we know that Byron is immortal. And he's like, eh, that was a good try, Jerry. And he walks away, leaving Jerry on the ground. And that is our cold open. So the first thing I thought of with this, I was like, huh. So does that rule from Timeless not apply where immortals can't be good artists? Or does this just contemplate that Byron's music is shit? I agree that this does have connections to Timeless. And I think we should talk about it later. Because okay. I think there's some justification for his art being mm, good. Interesting. I think. Mm. Mm. All right. So now we get into the episode proper. We're at some rock club. The China Cafe. What is this? Is this Maurice's club? Yes. And he's there. Well, or he's at least, he works like there. a split second. Yeah, and you can barely see him yeah. sitting next to Mac. I compile my cast notes before I watch the episode. As do I. And when I saw Maurice listed, I was so excited. Me too. And then <laughs> I was so, so disappointed. <laughs> I can't believe they cut We were like, asking about why, him like a couple months why ago. Why bring him in just to cut? It's I don't understand up. it. I don't get it. It's Whatever. <laughs> I, I blame Adrian Paul. All right. So they're in this. Director Adrian oh, shit. Paul. <laughs> it was him. He's got a vendetta like against this, crazy old Maurice. Oh, my God. We're cutting it out. So <laughs> they're in this, like, it's like a Chinese restaurant, but it also is like the Red Room from Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's weird. And so there's this band playing, and there's this kid up on the stage. His name's Mikey, right? Mike? Yeah, Mike. Oh, he needs Mike. to shave. <laughs> he's got like a, he's got the dirt <laughs> stash. He looks 15. So anyway, this Joe says great. he picked this kid up in London after going to every show. And I was like, who, what is Joe doing? What does that mean? I don't so understand. Paris, where are you? I, I don't know. Why are you? And How jo- are you? Mac is there. Joe's there. Mythos is there. Everybody's there listening to this kid. Uh, and then we get the buzz, and Byron walks in. Uh, Mythos is excited to see him, and obviously they like know each other. Byron calls him Doc, which I was like, "Ooh, this is exciting!" Like I like little stuff like that, like where they throw in a little—I don't know—it's like a hints of a former life. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Mythos, like in a non-raping and pillaging sure. <laughs> role in his former life. That's right. Oh, and I guess Mac and Mythos are like fine now. They're super best friends again. Yeah. Everything is just moved on. Who knows when this takes place? How long after the last episode do we think this is? Years? A couple weeks. Yeah. A couple weeks. So Mythos introduces Byron to Mac and Joe. And, like, right off the bat, Byron is, like, glaring at Mac. And I'm just like, why, why are they having beef? Why isn't he just like, hey, nice to meet you? Like, I don't know. He's not cool. Right? No, and Byron's Bar- like, Byron like, has no chill. Uh, any friend and, of Doc's. Mm. Yeah, and Mac isn't cool with him either, right away. He just doesn't like that kind of music. I don't know. He's like, who's this Marilyn Manson-looking dude? Yeah. <laughs> or is he upset that he's like a high-profile immortal? Maybe that's it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. So Mike's up there shredding on his guitar. Anyone notice the editing of this song? Like, this song just ends. Like, he is in the middle of his solo, and all of a sudden it's just like, and it's just <laughs> done. <laughs> Also, he plays his guitar later in the episode, and like it's bad. I didn't notice a difference. I was no, like, d- no, it's I, I was curious about that too. I don't understand how it's so bad. Well, yeah. God, we'll get into it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Mike. He's from London. Right, and they mentioned this is the second time they mentioned he's from London. This kid has With an American no accent. accent. Why is he from? Why? London? Why? Why did they hang? Hello, my name's Mike. <laughs> I play the guitar. Or <laughs> Johnny Good. Oh, it's Byron. 
I just don't know uh, why they made him from London. Why couldn't they have just had Joe say he's from America? I don't. It's just weird that they keep saying he's from London, from London. Yeah. Oh, I brought this kid with me from America. Right. Like where I live. <laughs> also, it's like irrelevant. Like if if yeah. Joe had just said, "I found this kid. He's awesome." And then the kid spoke with an American accent. Where's he from? I <laughs> <laughs> swear to me. I, yeah, I don't understand why. We'd just be talking for 45 minutes. <laughs> where, but where's this kid from? They never say where he's from. I mean. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Fuck. So Joe's pissed that Mithos never told him he knew Byron. And Mac is like, yeah, Doc. Like, alluding to, like, you never told us about your doctor life either. And then we get a flashback. We cut to Switzerland, 1816. On a little chariot that yeah. he's driving while people make out in the back seat. It's yeah. Like a, it's like he's 15. Gross. This looks great. I love this road they're going oh, down. Oh, it is very it's pretty. Beautiful. Yeah. And Mythos is in, like, a top hat and coat. And these costumes, these are, costumes are dope. Yeah. Very nice. They're what? Uh, Very nice. Borat. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. Are we just are we just making random yeah, projects out? <laughs> yep. Okay. Keith, I'm sure you just saw that episode. I did. So. Actually, Towley was in the. Oh really? Towley was in the, uh, hey the episode gosh, I watched last time. No, 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 no. This is terrible. Okay. Not good. Okay, so Byron is like in the back, just like having a sword fight with his tongue, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, do you grow bored of our entertainment?" Mythos is like. Of being a spectator, but not a participant. I was like, "Holy shit!" Gross. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like it's pretty queer. They're in some kind of hellfire fuck club. club. <laughs> like, Meet yeah, those fucks. <laughs> yeah, that is. There are multiple times I'm like, "Okay, so you just attended this orgy, yeah. with two sisters." Yes. Yeah. Lots of sex yeah. in this episode. Lots of sex. <laughs> right. And then two two passersby notice Lord Byron. And he does like a little yeah. poem. And Mythos is going by Dr. Adams at this moment. They get the he, buzz. He recites some poetry from, I think it's Charles Harold's Pilgrimage. It is. That's a, a poem that is quoted a couple times in this episode. And he tosses a scarf at the ladies. That's right. And they're like all a tither. So he gets the buzz. And who is it, Eamon? Hans Kirchner. Played by... F. Broadnakash. <laughs> the swordmaster on the show. The swordmaster. So this is keeping up with his tradition of playing one character a season, I suppose. Mm. He was the innkeeper in... Gentlemen, your dinner awaits. That's right. <laughs> Classic F. Braun line. So anyway, I guess Lord Byron has... He thinks Lord Byron has slept with his wife. He has. He has. He, has, he yeah. admits that right away. Uh, and so then we get a kind of cool like carriage chase. Uh, we got the Moonlight Sonata playing by Beethoven. And uh, odd chase music, but I was like, okay. I, I was kind of into it. Yeah. And this, I think, is from the second movement, third movement of the Moonlight Sonata, which is much quicker. It's more action y. Don't get it wrong. That's right. Can't get it wrong. Not for the podcast. Yeah. Where do you think you are? <laughs> the New York Times? Uh, oh, <laughs> failing New York Times. Oh, my God. <laughs> Still one of the greatest newspapers of all time. So, anyway, uh, this is just a little action beat. Efron gets like thrown from his carriage or whatever, and that's it. That, they escape. That is indeed it. And Mithis is like, ha, 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 you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Did you guys like Mithis's hair in this episode? Yeah. Okay. No. No? Thoughts? Kind of, like in the flashback. Yeah, in the flashback. Not in the present day. Like for something, something like the length looked weird. It's like just <laughs> give him his regular hair. I, liked, I kind of liked his hair. Huh. Yeah, I like it. All right. 
Sexy. Okay. Sexy. <laughs> so you got to later, and they arrive at Byron's insanely big house. And so Mithos is like, you're trying to get us killed. And Byron counters. He's like, ah, but look how fast your heart is beating. He's like, this is what it's like to like be alive or whatever. So I don't know. This is where I think it gets into that, like, one, it gets into that Abramowitzian, like, death is an aphrodisiac thing. And He does it, love that. He does love it. But in Timeless, like, she was able to play at the end of the episode after she almost died. Right. And it was like that... Your That's mortality. how she needs to play by being mortally threatened or Right, whatever. or being, like, scared. And I think that's what they're kind of getting into with Byron in this, is that, like, he, like, kills himself. He goes on, like, these, like, chases. He, I don't know, he does all, like, he does lives on the edge. all the drugs. Does, oh, yeah, does he, he's all living on the, the edge. Yeah, he's living, living on the edge. edge. But I think that's the way he's able to still make art. Although perhaps it's kind of running out, it would seem, because I, I he doesn't even seem to be too happy with his own art. Yeah. In this episode. Oh, so. I'm not either. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, really? <laughs> I assume you loved the music but hate Lord By- Byron's poetry? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I figured. Loved all the music from Melt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, uh, did you guys check uh, catch the name of Byron's band? It's hard to see. It's only displayed on his, like, roadies jackets. No, I missed it. It's Byron and the Undead written in blood. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> yes. real dumb. Dumb. Byron and the Frankensteins. <laughs> Okay, so we cut inside to this like greenhouse Death sunroom poetry jam. <laughs> oh, that is basically that's very good. Yeah, and Byron's like, "This shit sucks." <laughs> so this he's reading from the uh, Child Harold's Pilgrimage here, section one twenty four. That's right, one twenty four. So Byron's guests are like thrilled to hear this poem. He's fucking sick of it. He like throws his book on the ground, screaming. Also, it's already been published in a book. <laughs> Right. It's not like he does not appear to yeah. be like reading from a journal. No, it's right. like, let me read from my own published collected works and then throw a tantrum about them. <laughs> it's weird. I guess he's not happy with it anymore. Mr. Shelley is thrilled with this poem and it's like, hey, bro, you want some opium? And he just gives him like a pipe. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Shelley says you cannot wound the spirit or something like that. And then he goes like off the rails, pulls a gun, gun on her. On her and he's like, reasons. how about this? I pluck your spirit out of the fucking air. Oh <laughs> it's God. like, she. Jesus, man. You are a dangerous creep. So I hate this character. Really? Okay. Already. Yes. What do you hate about him? He's an asshole. Okay. Okay. This guy is the worst. Like, it was... (laughs) You're already predisposed to not like him when he murders, not murders Jerry, but jumps off this thing with Jerry. Oh, yeah. Like, he's obviously a bad dude. When you see him doing the chariot chase, you're like, oh, okay, maybe this guy, there's more to this guy or he's fallen or something like that. But linking this gun scene up and this crazy tantrum he throws with the earlier demise of Jerry... Just makes him completely irredeemable instantly. I suppose so. Like, this has been his shtick for a while. Like, he's pushing stuff way too far. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just a creep. And he steals a kiss. Then he shoots it at the camera. I was like, what is this? And we all die. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I was wounded. Our brains died. So we cut to later that evening, and Byron says he needs better diversions from the eternal boredom, and he wants new stories. I was like, this guy reminds me of the, like, Frank Gorshin is the Riddler. Like, the way he was, like, running around the room. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, something about it. I was like, this is Batman-esque. Yeah. Also, uh, side note, he's, like, 30, right? Yes. I think we are supposed to believe that he is a young man still. He's not living his immortality oh yeah we don't know how old he really is right no i suppose it's theoretically possible that this is not actually his first life but we're also supposed to believe that this is his first kill yes probably is his first life it's possible yeah interesting so i mean maybe the watcher chronicles will 
shed light on yeah, this. Yeah, we'll have to look at that. Either Ooh. way, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're suffering eternal boredom at the age of 28 <laughs> while at a fucking orgy. <laughs> yeah. This orgy is so boring. Yeah. Yeah. This orgy sucks. Been better orgies than this. Eyes wide shut. <laughs> so, either way, this guy's just a degenerate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, he then has this, like, picture of something. He says it's the like elixir of creativity or the the, the nectar of creativity that he Which gives is to brandy. I, I, I was like, is this something know. special? So he gives it to Mary Shelley. She drinks it and then gets up and gets like really faint. So she's like, oh, oh and like <laughs> collapses. And I was like, is this some fucked up juice he gave her? Or they say like, oh, she's had way too much to drink tonight. Is yeah. it laudanum? Wait, what? They say it's laudanum. Oh, they do. Yeah. How about that? Laudanum, baby. Also, like people are really making out. Somebody is walking out of here, like putting like a maid is walking out, but like tying up her maid skirt as though she just like got some action. Ooh. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, like they're leaving, and like Mythos even like kind of paws at her. I'm pretty sure. I do remember so, like, him like Mythos is, is like in on this shit. Wow, fun for everybody. So later that night in Miss Shelley's bed, she's like laying there, passed out, and she's having this like weird nightmare there's like a figure in the woods with a cloak on <sighs> all of a sudden this and then she sees becomes, this child this becomes like a halloween episode for some reason i think our next episode is the real halloween episode but um yeah all of a sudden it's like they're trying to develop this weird horror sub theme to this episode that makes exactly zero sense so you didn't like any of this Wow. Okay. Wait. You liked this? I kind of. I think. I. I, I don't know. Well, I think I've got mixed what, feelings on this episode. Explain to me what is likable about this. I mean, I kind of like the idea that she's like getting the idea for. <laughs> or I, no, I, or I, does everyone think that's dumb? I, I was still. I, I was kind of conflicted on it too. Cause, I think the single moment, which, not to jump too far ahead, but we get the idea that she witnesses a quickening. Right. It literally appears to bring someone back to life, and that is inspiration for her. In Frankenstein, that like electricity is the source of sure rebirth in some way. That is fine. That's totally okay. But what is all these weird visions that she has that are unrelated to that? She's just separately out of her gourd and had. <laughs> no, like, I, I thought the, these... the, the 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 person in the cloak is the monster in Frankenstein. Is it? Yeah, it definitely is because they come back to it later and they call it out explicitly. Okay, and but then why there's, is and she then there's her bird-faced daughter. I don't know. Why is she see why is she seeing these things? <laughs> she's all drugged up. To them, baby. <laughs> That's right. That better question. Why are we seeing it even if she's seeing it? <laughs> she sees a child with a bird nose, like with right. a weird like tree. Who is her nose. dead daughter? Why does she look like that? I don't know why she looks like a bird. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I, the whole time I was saying there's is there is that some kind of visual cue? A visual reference to something. I don't know that the bird. I'm not understanding. I don't know but the bird it's thing. It's so weird looking. Like I laughed out loud. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh, I looked on Wikipedia. Her daughter actually had a bird face. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the father was a toucan. Yeah. So his name was Samuel. Follow your nose <laughs> wherever it goes. Toucan My Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> toucan Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> so Mythos is there, you know, kind of comforting her or whatever. And Byron walks in and he's just like, how about we rape her? <laughs> That's literally what happened. And he says it somehow even more creepily. It's like, what if we just like slake our thirst on her unconscious body? This is gross. And he's like, and he's like, this is what living's all about. Just <laughs> rape. Rape. Like what? It's, and Mythos is kind of into he's it. He's like tempted. Yeah. Yeah. And like Byron, I don't know. Did him and Byron ever like 
switch hit during these things? I don't know, but... Do you think Mythos and Byron ever hooked up? I, I mean, they've definitely participated in group sex events together. Who knows? Maybe they, like... I hope so. Yeah. Mm. But he, like, grabs her, <laughs> his hand and is, like, rubbing it on her. And Mythos is sighing and heaving, like, oh, <laughs> the, the, the attractive pull of this unconscious breast <laughs> is almost too much for me. And then they almost have a duel over Mythos saying, like, nah, let's maybe not rape this person. Yep. Yeah. This is fucked up. Real fucked up. Also, I have a question. Did you guys, I, I wasn't able to do this. Did anyone do much research on Lord Byron or anyone know too much about him? Like, I do not. I've heard he's was kind of an unsavory character and mm -hmm. like, I mean, not a lot. I know that he did travel in circles with like the Shelleys and all that and that was all part of it and mm. they would tell ghost stories. That is a real tidbit. That's cool. Byron and Mythos end up pulling swords on each other when Mythos is like, you gotta cool it with this shit but mythos is like i don't want to fight you because your poetry is worth more than your head which is important that he says that now because that comes back later and so then they bow at each other and just start giggling this is so weird it's like played kind of comically where they both bow to each other and they're like Hoo -hoo. And i'm like they both like almost raped a woman right like 30 seconds ago this scene was about rape and now they're just like ah, super fresh friends <laughs> it's okay if you want to rape because you've got great poetry when they when you're rich they let you do it you can do anything grab them by the pussy <laughs> that is what they do that is kind of what they do this is fucked up yeah it is fucked up uh, in the behind the scenes interview at one point peter wingfield's like mythos was interested in doing a threesome and i i found that interesting i really I found that interesting i really like that and i'm like is it really a threesome if it's gang rape no <laughs> Well, I don't no. think that counts as a threesome. No, but I'm more than willing to bet that before the camera peers into that scene we saw before this, there was definitely some threesome action oh, going on. Sure. I'm positive. Yeah. yeah I'm positive. <laughs> are you as positive about that as you are about the uncircumcised Duncan McLeod? <laughs> yes. Very good. So we cut back to the present, and Joe is talking to that kid, Mike, outside, and the kid's like, yeah, it was like Jimi Hendrix was in my brain, man. Joe asks Mike if he wants to open for them tomorrow night, and he's like, yeah, cool, man. I'll come by in the morning. And he's like, Maurice says it's okay. And I was like, Maurice who? Like, at this point, I didn't realize me Maurice was even there sitting yeah. right next to Matt because it was so dark. But uh, yeah, Maurice has given the okay, so... Cool. cool to open at a at a restaurant right like, like who gives a shit nobody cares like unless unless this restaurant unless is a well-known like music cool, venue like i I, I meant to yeah. look up this venue i mean like it legitimately is like a chinese restaurant on the outside though right yeah. Did anyone like pick it, that up? Yeah, that's what it looks like. China, like China Cafe or something. Yep. Like, not that they wouldn't have like it's a stage. China. China. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, uh, but Byron interrupts Joe and he asks the kid Mikey to come and jam. You're like, don't stay out too late. Right. You have to open for us tomorrow. <laughs> also weird that like the rehearsal's so early in the morning for like a nighttime gig. Well, maybe the place is open for lunch. You think they're playing? Yeah, they're they're playing the lunch crowd. <laughs> the lunch crowd, and there's an opener for it. <laughs> yeah. No. Why are they meeting at like 8 a.m.? No clue. Also, it's got to be past what musicians wake right up now? at 8 a.m. Right? No musicians anywhere. No, no. Especially not in Paris. Yeah. We oui, eat. Oui. Also, that's why Joe sucks. Also, I have a question like, for later. This is for later, but I'm going to, I don't want to forget it. Like, he's like, well, you're going to open for us. So come and rehearse with us. Like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. Like, if you're opening, you just play whatever you want. I would assume he's like playing solo or maybe playing with Joe's backing he's, band. He's playing with the backing band. All right, sure. I'll buy that. So Joe, Joe's like the headliner then. Maybe. Wow. wow. How about that? <laughs> that makes no sense also. <laughs> 
No, he's like he's a blues musician within the context of this world, That's and he true. leveraged his connections with Maurice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> his connections with Maurice. Oh my god. Oh, it was established Mikey's a big fan of Byron. Yes, he's, he's like, like I, I have all your imports, see, right, and like, <laughs> everything. All your imports. What does that mean in it's this important cards? Yeah, import, yeah. no, uh, like your like import records, like your Japanese records might be different uh, than, and oftentimes they they still are. Like you find international releases of plenty of pop stars, they'll have like bonus tracks and all sorts of stuff. I think I'm turning Japanese. Oh, really? Do you really, Japanese? Do you really think so? Yeah, yeah. Do you really think so? <laughs> I really. Think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was just confused because it's like, aren't you both in London? Why are you importing anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you're both yeah, no. English for some reason. Yeah. Mac also voices his, you know, disapproval of. He's an arrogant son of a bitch. <laughs> right. It's like Jesus, man. Mac you hates him that? right, right away. Right yeah. away. And Mythos is like, well, most geniuses are, and it's like, actually, I kind of might agree with that. Byron says, "Hey, why don't you come jam with me?" Yeah, let's go. Let's party. He's like, oh, really? Right. I get to be with a big kid. Oh. <laughs> and Mythos is like, this could make his career. Like Mac, ease off because this because like the real deal for him yeah so then we cut to this joe (laughs) restaurant (laughs) so that's the big time china cafe (laughs) so then we cut to this warehouse place at the train yard again and byron and mikey are up on the scaffolding and there's like two girls waiting for like cheering them on and shit it's fucked up mayman's like yeah yeah. Like, do they know? Do they know that <laughs> Byron's murder scheme? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like if they went through it, or this, is this why he doesn't do it? Oh, because the girls because are of there. The witnesses. Great question. Is it because of them? I was wondering if he didn't do it because it was like a like this is like a litmus test or something like. Mm. Jerry just like as we said like Jerry is Jerry. Jerry couldn't cut it. Byron knew that. Like so he was just kind of having fun and games with Jerry. Like but maybe Byron really. I think Byron really does believe that Mikey's got it. No. You don't think so? No. He just wants a buddy to do blow with. Because when... A blow buddy? (laughs) Yeah. Because a few seconds from now, (laughs) they are at a hotel, and he turns... That's a hotel? I'm getting hung up on that. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, And he offers him drugs, and when he doesn't take he's like, oh, I don't know. Our schedule just got really full. He's like, just looking for somebody to blow off steam. I will posit a second interpretation, which is like a whiplash scenario <laughs> oh. that Byron is trying to push this kid to have like that, like apotheosis and become like a true artist. My tempo, my tempo, right? <laughs> because in some ways Byron has lost it. And perhaps he sees that this kid could have it. What do you mean? Lost it, man. Did you hear those tracks? <laughs> <laughs> the undead were killing it. <laughs> That's right. The undead. That sucks. So but the bad. women are cheering them to jump. Yeah. Which I'm like, then they would die. They would, like, they must know that they're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Mike almost falls, and I guess Byron, like, lifts him back up, and he's like, that's good. Like, we can go play now. Like, so I don't know. It seemed like his scheme was, like, just to get him to that place yeah, where you're, like, you're right. where you fear death, and, like, now you're gonna be able to make something better. I don't know. Yeah. So now we cut to Byron's. I think this is Byron's place. Kai, you have this interpretation that it's a hotel. Well, Perhaps just we should talk about something. Yeah. Well, how, how much time do we want to spend on this? Like, a Let's half spend hour? A lot of time. 45 We're minutes? Hour and eight minutes on the it. counter here. So, did we see their their key, their hotel key? No, I did was not there see. A... There was not a fob either. Um, this is this would have been pre-fob era. Yeah, is, is I guess pre-fob? so. Is it? I don't know. Depends. He's he's a fancy rock star. Yeah, that's true. Just give me the fob. <laughs> All right. So this is crazy. Like. Yes. Everything is Dutch. You got these hot girls okay. <laughs> dancing all up. And on there's everyone. so many like sex noises. It's just like eh, 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 the oh whole my God. the so, whole and time. Mikey what is were the noises? Eh, eh. 
Mikey is playing. Also, uh, is he the reincarnation of Trainyard Mikey? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> why is there another Mikey? Great question. Well, I think we're calling him Mikey. Is it Mike? But I think it's just Mike. It's Michael? No, okay. I don't know. It's Mike. Mike. It's, it's Mike. Mike. Okay. But we're Too calling him Mike. Well, we, we are, we're close to him. Too Mike. many Mikes. <laughs> yes. This show, in the was it The Fighter? The show had two Mikes in the same episode. <laughs> I was losing it. Anyway... He is just jamming out while Byron and one of the chicks are basically just fucking next to them. Right. Yeah. And the other girl is like dancing, dancing around. suggestively. Yeah. What is she suggesting, do you think? <laughs> to... What's the suggestion? <laughs> the suggestion is to do some drugs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I kinda I actually kinda dug the the lighting of this. Like they in post like washed out everything. I kinda dug it. I don't know. I just kind of felt it made it feel like it was hard to see anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Uh, I thought it made Byron seem like a hollow character. Like there's nothing. I don't know. A hollow man. That's right. He is the hollow man with uh, Kevin Bacon. That's right. That's right. Paul Verhoeven. All right. So Kyle, as you said, Byron offers him some coke. He doesn't want it. He's like, oh, all right. Well, I guess I'll see you later. <laughs> yes. Fuck off. So then Mike decides to stay. So we cut now back to that rock club Chinese restaurant. And Joe's there playing with like his band on stage. You're late, brother. So Joe's all pissed. Mac and Mythos are here. <laughs> what are they there for? Why? It's supposed to be to early do. in the morning. They have no life. M- Mythos is like by the bar stools. Yeah. Like they're all like the rest. The place isn't even set up for like service. Like the bar stools are upside down on the bar, and Mythos is like playing with them. Do they all work here together as a family and own this Chinese restaurant? <laughs> China Cafe family restaurant. Why are there no Asian people here? <laughs> That's actually this part of Maurice's backstory you don't know. Mike starts playing, and apparently it's bad. The only thing I can attribute that it's bad is that it's, like, the wrong style. Like, he does seem to be playing something different than the rest of the band is playing. Right. Like, yeah. they're laying down, like, a blues groove, and he's, like, shredding on top of it. Right. But, like... That's what all he's been doing That's all he's episode. been doing. Like, yeah, right. like, I was like, yeah, that seems to be his thing anyway. Yeah, I couldn't really figure it out. I watched this episode again last night and was specifically looking for, like... Is he not playing the chord changes? He is. Like, I don't think he's playing anything wrong at all. But even Mythos is like, oh, oh this is oh, rough. Oh, boy. I don't know what's up with this. Also, I really like watching the drummer who's fake drumming. There's a couple edits where, like, you see him, like, just missing <laughs> the drum completely. <laughs> and Jay's like, all right, maybe you should just get some sleep. Oh, but last night was really great. Like, I was flying. And Max's like, oh, you're flying right now. It's like, <laughs> or you haven't have some help flying or whatever the fuck he says. Just as a comment. Max sucks in this episode. Mac sucks. Fucked. He has he gets into other people's business. He is such a dickhead. (laughs) I I was just like, he's so unlikable in this fucking episode. I don't know if you knew this though, Eamon. Drugs are bad. (laughs) Wait, what? In the words of Drugs are bad? (laughs) In the words of Captain Lou Albano. Well, it's send you to hell before you die. If anyone has not seen that, go see the Captain Lou Albano drugs PSA. We're talking. I've never seen this. We're talking Mario. You have Mario. Seen no, this? no, I have. And I'm pretty sure he's oh dressed as Mario oh, when he does this, and he informs you, kids, that don't do drugs. When you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Yes, he's dressed as Mario. Uh, yes, sure. that doesn't make any sense. Do you think this was like a court ordered? Uh, <laughs> like, like you have to do this and he was in his wardrobe he's like just get it over with like, why would he do that why would they let him dress up as mario to deliver that line you go to hell before you die 
children. <laughs> That's a great line. It's so good. <laughs> but anyway, wow. yeah, Mac is like Mr. Anti-Drugs. Do you think that's because this is an AP-directed episode? Do you think Do you think he had any input into like... Drugs are naughty. We had to... Yeah, we had to yeah. Yeah, right. Well, Put he's had anti-drug stances before. This is true. Sure. He flushed all those drugs down the toilet in the sea witch? Yeah, fucking narc. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> The sea witch. The also, sea. really, a musician is doing drugs, <laughs> right? Like, well, it is dangerous. I'm not saying. I'm not going to say like dangerous. He should not. He should not do coke, right? No, he shouldn't. Let's all agree on that. That sure. Mike should not do coke. No, but I'm just saying like rock stars do coke. Yeah. I guess so. And Mike's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but Mythos so, is still. Mythos lays another line here. He's like, oh, like because Mythos has some like opinions about art. It would seem like he's yeah. like, well, to make great great music, you have to experience like life, like the good and the bad. And so he thinks this is like all part of the spectrum of experiences that Mike probably needs to like make good art. I don't know. Potentially. Potentially. But Mike flips out that Joe yelled at him, and he's like, yeah, you should be proud of me, man. He's like, Storms you should bitch at me, bitch at me out or whatever he says. Yeah. Also, I have a question. How do they know Mike's on drugs? I don't know. I don't know they, either. They, they just postulate. Why? Because yeah, he sucks. Mac is like, it looks like you, you have any help flying. Like, he, he seems to know that he's like, Mac could smell it on <laughs> yes, Jesus Christ. And But he only seems kind of twitchy after they call him out for it. Right. They have to do a drug test before they come into the, <laughs> into China, the China Cafe. Cafe. <laughs> yeah, I can really figure it out. And it's like, you can't chalk it up to like red eye. Like, this is, he, he was up all night and it's super early in the morning. Like, he's tired. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck off, man. So Duncan's like, I'm going to go talk to Byron. <laughs> why? It's like, why are you sticking your nose into it's this? On, he has no connection to this plot really at all. And he just inserts himself into this kid's life. Like, it it's would be fucked. weird for Mythos. It would be strange even for Mythos to go talk to him alone, let alone the two of them together. This has nothing to do with them. No. Yeah. Also, also they should all. go talk to Byron. They should go talk to Mike. And, like, why don't yeah. they have a heart to heart with him? Also, like, to repair this, like, right. weird public fuck up they just did and embarrass him in front of everybody. Yeah. Also, Mikey's an adult. Right. Right. Like, he's, he can do what he wants. Uh, or is he a kid? No. Is, I got the impression he was like. I mean, maybe he's, he's maybe over he's a, 18, but, like, he's... No, a, he's definitely over 18, because otherwise it would be wildly inappropriate for Joe to, f- quote-unquote, find him in London and whisk him off to Paris. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe that's Joe's thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so he's definitely an adult. He's impressionable. Sure, but he had, like, one wild night. They, they make it seem like he has destroying his life yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And this a- is like TV time where this is all this is the worst thing he could do. And it's like this has clearly been going on for too long or who knows what. This yeah. is bad. It was literally he had one weird right. night. And maybe they have a chat with him like, hey, man. Like, yeah. Just be careful. Be cool. Be cool, man. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I listen to all these podcasts like all the time and I'm just like getting all this free content and like I'm loving it. But like I don't know how I could support them. If only they offered some type of product that they made that helps out the podcast and shows your love of the show. One of my favorite podcasts, Highlander Rewatched. Oh, why do you like that? Uh, It talks a lot about like one of my favorite shows, Highlander, and is also like kind of funny and quirky and has like a sweet irreverence for the show, which I like a lot, which is kind of cool. That sounds fair. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. What 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 do do they they do, do? though? Well, to raise money for their podcast to help support the amazing content they put out for free every week, they sell an awesome collectible magnet set featuring four of our favorite Highlander characters. Wow. What characters? Well, we've got the star of the show, Duncan. 
and they also have a modern version of Duncan and a cool Scottish Highlands warrior version of Duncan. Oh, like Ooh. old school barbarian Mac? That's right. Ooh, I like that Mac. Uh, they've also got an awesome Amanda Joe. magnet. A Joe and a Mythos. Mythos. Set Magthos. Like five magnets. So a set of five magnets. for, how? And it's amazing how much they even charge for it. It's only it, It's got to cost like 50 bucks, right? No, like 10 not bucks even. Magnet? No. You'd think because these magnets are so strong. I think I could fit, I don't know, how many report cards could I put on my fridge with this? I don't know, maybe like five? 10? Five. Ten? Bro, five. I think wow. I could put five, at least five. That's a lot of report cards. It is a lot of report cards. How many child's drawings could these magnets support? I guess it depends on the paper. That's and true. the size of the drawing. The There's a lot of variables stock, here. Medium they're drawing in. Mm -hmm. Wax is heavy. Wax is heavy. These are all wax drawings. Yeah, wax drawings. <laughs> Watercolors are, well, that's not really a drawing, I guess you would say. That's a painting. Yeah, yeah these will not hold paintings. Don't even try. Hold no. paintings. Get those framed by a professional. Yeah. For your fridge. That's right. <laughs> For your fridge. I need a real fridge frame. We're going far afield, but how much do these magnets these cost? These magnets only said. cost $15, that which is, is crazy. That's a deal. What is that, about three bucks a magnet? That's literally exactly three bucks a magnet. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Where can we get these magnets? You can go on Etsy.com and just search for Highlander Rewatch, or you can also go to Facebook.com and find the Highlander Rewatch page and click on our store link right at the top of our page. It says, shop now. hey -o. What if I want to shop later? Just wait, and, that, then, that, and then hit shop now. <laughs> hit shop now. Yeah. All right, that's fair advice. At some point, you will, actually, you will be shopping now. We're looking at now, sir. Yeah. Now. Buy them today. Today! All right, so we cut back to Byron's place. So this is the clip at the top of the episode. Give me my almonds! <laughs> almonds! Give me my long, Not beautiful women! <laughs> what was he talking about with shelled almonds? Shelled, roasted, unsalted. Who so has almonds with shells? You can buy them. But why would you? Why would you ever need to <laughs> specify that you'd want unshelled almonds? No, I think so. Like at Christmas time, I always have unshelled nuts. You get the mixed bag of nuts. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so you can use your nut, your novelty nutcracker. I, it's, like, mine's not a novelty nutcracker. It's legit. It's oh, a, really? It's, I think it's just a lobster claw cracker. I don't know. I use it for nuts. It's multi-purpose. Oh, so it's not a man? No, it's not shaped like a man. Uh. Or a rat. <laughs> or a rat. The rat king. Right? Is he a king? Yeah, he's the rat king. The rat king. That's rat king. right. My favorite Ninja Turtles villain. Right. And ballet. -na 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 -na. That gives a new meaning to Shelly, the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Mike is Shredder. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes All back. All right. So he's fucked turtles. up about these stupid nuts that he's ordered. <laughs> Mac comes in rocking that white coat. I hate this coat. Because he it's wants to worst. be taken seriously, clearly. By none. <laughs> <laughs> so then I thought Byron had a pretty funny line. It's not a great line. I just thought it was funny. He's like, hey, how can you live with like your engines like idling? He's like, you got to rev them up once in a while. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that, that was him pro propositioning them for a threesome. Yes. <laughs> let's, rev, let's rev up that engine, McCowd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is the clip at the top of the episode where he says, what do you do when there's nothing left but the dark, cold emptiness that stretches out for centuries behind you? And when you look in the mirror, all you see is the abomination that you are Ooh. which is weird weird thing to say dude he's a weirdo <laughs> he's, I he's like obviously it. like a miserable depressed fuck yeah he at is. this point but it <laughs> seems like he was kind of that way when he was 30 so maybe maybe no difference yeah yeah maybe if they made him a little less that way he might have come in off the past better. yeah like, yeah because it did seem like he was it doesn't seem like he's changed then. at all no yeah so we get a flashback. His face buzzes out in like this horror vision <laughs> that we've adopted in the past. And what is it hard cut to? 
a goat. <laughs> Why is there a goat? Because he's evil. Uh, <laughs> devil. Yeah, because they're doing Ooh. some weird Hellfire Club shit, and they had sex with that goat before they sacrificed it? I don't know. You think they fucked the goat? <laughs> I hope I, they did. What wait, did, why? You're right. Wait. Why did they show the goat? Because they fucked it. <laughs> and they had this whole, like they had that whole speech before oh about, like, about like we should conjure the ghosts and undead conjure of the, the ghosts. So they're gonna murder this. <laughs> goat. Actually, it was a miss. It was, we misheard it. It was conjure the goats. Conjure the goats. <laughs> you ever look at a goat eye? Uh, it's freaky. Is it? It's What's like it si- like? It's like sideways. A oh, goat's really? Eyeball. Oh. I think I have seen that. They're like oblong, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Creepy. Creepy, freaky deaky. Freaky deaky. You ever fuck a goat? <laughs> Not yet. It's creepy. <laughs> so they got those eyes. I don't know. Why does this happen? I laughed out loud. I don't know. But it literally cuts from Byron's face to a goat. To a, a goat. goat. Nah. <laughs> it's a pretty cool mansion they're in, this like grand staircase and shit, right? So Mythos comes down the stairs and is escorting Mally and Melly, I just called her. Melly Shelly. That's Mythos and Shelly's celebrity couple name, Melly. Melly. Or it's the sound that goat makes. Melly. Melly. Uh, so she's worried about going in to hear Lord Byron's ghost stories. And she also muses about how Lord Byron's words will live forever. But she has nothing to offer in his company. Then there's a knock upon the door. F. Braun Nakash. That's right. So yeah, they go in and like the or- like they got the orgy started early. I oh guess. Like, yeah. Mister Shelley's going to town already. Mary joins them and he like throws her down on the pillows. Yeah, it's a lot. And starts like making out with her and it's like. And he's also making out with someone else before right. that. Who I guess is Byron's girlfriend, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that the woman he was making out with in the carriage before? Like, I think they were, like, hooked up, right? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody's hooking up with Deal everybody. STDs. Yes. <laughs> this is, like, the Jersey Shore house. Syphilis uh, yeah. Central Station. Straight to smash. Uh, so, anyway, they get the buzz, and it is Ephraim McAsh, Hans Kirshner at the door. So, Mythos and Byron excuse themselves to, like, take care of this shit. Defend yourself. Braun smacks him in the face really hard and calls him a cuckolding cripple. Yes. And I guess... <clears throat> is this because he uses a cane? Yeah, he, like, walks with a limp. Yeah. Which I, did again, did not do enough Byron research. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that Byron was crippled in some way. I guess that's not also a good term to use. I should probably not be like, he was crippled, (laughs) I believe. Yeah, what are you, Efron again? (laughs) Jesus. But yeah, it seems like he walked with a limp. Hans Gershner's like, you cook. Oh my God. That is the bridge too far for Byron, and they step outside. Right. Mithos thinks this is a bad idea. Yeah, he's like, you're not, you can't do this. Like, you're fucked up as it is, and it seems like you can't. Like you said, Kyle, this seems to be the first head he's taken. Yeah. For he's, who knows what reason. Well, I just assume because he's young. He's young? It could just be, I mean, he doesn't seem to care about any of this stuff. Like, the game. Byron says he's a poet, not a warrior. Like, I don't I don't know. I, I got the impression he's just not interested in fighting anybody. I don't get why this fight is filmed this way. Because it seems pretty good. But it's, like, shot from behind a fence. And yeah. you can't see it. Weird choices. They have a lot of room to fight, too. They're, yeah, like, in lo- the middle of... A I don't know giant, why giant like field. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's shot behind the because that problem like ash is good. Yeah, and it's like, very dark. It's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I wish you could see more of this too. We should have a chat with the director about why they made this choice. Let's call him up. AP. AP. There's a lot of talking I have to do. Uh, this is a good fight, and so Byron ends up getting stabbed, and... It seems like he's just getting housed. Yeah. Because of course he is. But then he, like, pulls out the sword and, like, stabs... Wait, I think he pulls out a, another blade. No. I can't remember. I think he has a secret sword. Secret he has a sword? secret blade. SS? Pulls out. Yeah, the SS. And just, like, stabs him in the heart, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, he takes Efron's head mm-hmm. as he like he himself is now dying from his wounds. Right. So Mary like Mary ends up coming outside because she was concerned when they left, and so she sees this fight happening. She runs over to Byron, and Mythos has to like pull her away because then a quickening happens, and Mary runs over. Mythos pulls Mary off of Byron, and then the quickening happens. It's like a pretty. This is a pretty good quickening. Like yeah. all this shit explodes. Like when they have these big areas to do it, like on somebody's house property, like they tend to put a lot of fireworks like far away which is cool yeah uh, but byron floats in the air from the electricity as uh, one does but this yeah. is like a reference to the frankenstein monster mm-hmm. there you yes. go Alive! or, is it, <laughs> or right. is it just a uh a reference to the one with johnny cage johnny cage where oh duncan uh, gets the passed out quickening that's right oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a reference to that sure so when he gets back up he's like oh that was a good bit of fun or whatever yeah. and just walks away and, and mary's like <laughs> right uh so she's like how is this possible well, and she calls back her daughter, Clara, I believe. She's like, like how come she doesn't get to come back, but right. he does? Why does this dipshit get to come <laughs> right. back? But my bird daughter <laughs> is dead. It's because your bird daughter was a freak. So Mythos explains like that he's not governed by like the laws of nature, and sh- he ends up revealing that he's also immortal to her. He goes, I am immortal! Oh, God. <laughs> he talks that way the whole episode, actually. I have inside me blood of king. Yeah! Oh, my God. I have no rival! And she's like, oh, Frankenstein! <laughs> <laughs> That's basically a response. I have a story to share! Yes. But I like that she does kind of cut to the like the chase. Like she seems to get right away. Like being Im- immortal must suck. Isn't that lonely? And like, and Mythos mentions like I don't tell anybody. And she's like, Oh well, because people would hunt you if they knew you were different. It's like, Ah, oh, yes, like Frankenstein, yeah, exactly. like the monster. I get it. So I think it's nice that she has some sort of like insight to like what this would really be like. Yeah, I like that too. That I, works. I like this story beat. I just don't like that she immediately has the name. Right? Like, like why did why did she come up with like the entire yeah. thing? And then we get flashes again of that cloaked figure in the woods and it does a zoom in and did anyone catch like the things that fly like one of them is like Boris Karloff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there are three like images of faces. Yeah. One I thought looked like Nosferatu. I was yeah. confused. But one is a hundred percent poorless <laughs> Boris Karloff. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? I liked that flash of the faces. You did. Why? I just think it's a graphically cool thing. Interesting. We have such... I feel like we all have very different opinions on very different parts of this episode. Very different. You, yeah. I think you know what my opinion is. Uh, yeah. That it's great? <laughs> I think it's, uh, that it's fairly the... translated into your language as... <laughs> well, okay. You know what I don't like about this? I What don't you like? Okay. Why do they have to call it Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein, the modern Prometheus. Well, why hey, do... is that the name of this episode? But why do they need to... They just didn't need to say any of it. Like, we know she's Mary Shelley like Ooh. is the audience so stupid maybe we are but like i wish they didn't ju- i wish they just left it like that it's like oh isn't this neat yeah and that's it like not knock us over the head with right. it it's just too obvious but we've that complain about a lot of times like when they tell you the theme of an episode it's like yeah. i just watched 45 minutes i know the theme of the, the episode because yeah. you spent 45 minutes don't, on you, it. don't you guys get it yet <laughs> <laughs> don't you guys get it trial by combat jesus Ooh. christ there's a lot of talking i have to do <laughs> Okay, so we cut back to the previous scene in the present. Uh, I fucking love this transition. So Byron was, like, standing in front of his house with his sword. Like, he was kind of holding it like a cane and then kind of turns back. And then we transition into the painting Wander Above the Sea and Fog by Casper David Riedrich. Casper Van Dien. But, but this was, like, a, a very poor recreation of that painting. Yes. It was quite ugly. But this is, I think, a very cool painting they chose for a couple of different reasons. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the painting. No. It's, well, Frankly, Frankensteinly, it's often used as the cover of the book. 
Oh. Oh. There are many theories that people think that this is a painting of Victor Frankenstein. Okay. Inspired by the book. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but like he was the very first person to paint like people's backs mm. in paintings for like emotional stuff, which is kind of cool. Like, oh, how does this convey emotion? Like people never showed somebody like looking at something. <laughs> but uh, his all, all his paintings like Frankenstein, deal with this idea of the sublime, which I thought was interesting as it relates to Frankenstein in this episode. And the idea is that, like, it's beautiful. Like, it's it's almost the, the, the that notion of, uh, like, Baroque things. Like, not if it's Baroque, don't fix it or whatever. The Like, it's beautiful and ugly at the same time. Like The grotesque. The gr- or the grotesque. I didn't mean Baroque. The grotesque. Right. Uh, like, the Hunchback of Notre Dame is, like, the grotesque in that mm. way. Uh, mm. So it's, like, yes, it's this dangerous cliff he's standing on, but it's also, like, beautiful. You can see, but you can't see, like... And these themes are very prevalent at that same time that Frankenstein was written. So, I don't know. It's an, it's a good choice, and I thought cool imagery that they chose to make the transition with the painting. There's my nerdy thing. It's good. Because I guess in the book, Frankenstein travels to the Alps, and so people think this might be that scene. Interesting. Yeah. So Byron says they're all Frankenstein's monster walking for eternity. And then he holds up some Coke <laughs> like to them. He's like, hey, Coke, hey, you want yeah. some Coke? And he's like, this gives him like the illusion of life. And Mac is like, if that gives you the illusion of life, you're already dead. This is a warning. Leave the kid alone. Yeah, Mac gets super preachy. He's like, now you listen to me. And as soon as he said that, I was like, I'm so tuning out of whatever you're about to say, Mac. This is so dumb. You just met this kid. He's an adult. You're a dick. I don't know. Like, drugs are bad, but this is... He might have just blown up this guy's shot at a like, amazing career. Right. I mean, I'm conflicted because, like, I think the reason Max should not be involved is because, like, this kid just met him and did drugs once. Like, I feel like, like we said before, his first move should be to talk to Mike, not to Byron. But, like, at the same time, like, I don't know, if someone's influencing someone you care about... Which, why does Mac care about this Exactly. Kid? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mac doesn't know this person. It doesn't really make sense. Like, but I, I mean, I, I do understand the idea of, like, interceding on someone's behalf like you are a bad influence on someone i care about you please stop like you're hurting them and i can't get through to them so i'm gonna try to get through i don't know like i feel like there's some version of this that's more appropriate or understandable but mac is just like the only person who would seem to fit the criteria you're talking about is joe Joe. and he is not there no joe could give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) that's because joe's probably done his share of drugs in the day in the blues game in Vietnam. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. In the Nam, that's an aphrodisiac, Mac. Mythos does not say like a word during this whole thing. And then we get a shot of a skull and Mac and Mythos leave. So we cut outside and Mac is like, oh, Byron's a mess or whatever. And Mythos is like, no, he's a genius. You ever starved to death, McLeod? Byron feels that hunger every day. Mac is so judgy. He's also like, Byron is pathetic. And it's yeah. like, Jesus Christ, man. It's like, just because anyone doesn't fit into, like, Mac's worldview, Mac is like, fuck these pathetic people. He's what awful. Do you, what do you think Mac's view of the opioid crisis is? He has a dim view of it. <laughs> <laughs> these people are pathetic. <laughs> they made their choice. So, Mythos says that, like, Byron is an addict of, like, all of it, not just drugs. Like, the 20,000 people that scream his name, like, that's still not even enough for him. Like, he's keeps searching for more and can't find it i guess yeah and mac is like i know what that's like too and i was like what like what are you talking huh? about what when does, what does when? that mean when Why? i don't know how and also like if you do know how that feels like where is your compassion 
for this. Yeah, like this yeah. if you're like, I understand what that's like. Therefore, I, but he's pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like yeah. okay, like I don't know Fuck something you, about man. this. We'll get into it later as this all fucking goes down. God damn. Oh, and then we get some other shit. Like Mithos is like, oh, well, you can't write poetry like that without being like a little larger than life or whatever. Because Mithos starts quoting some of Byron's poetry, which Mac also knows. Right. And he's yeah. like, oh, you don't, don't quote me that shit. I know it too. <laughs> like, yeah. But Mithos is like, oh, well, you know, you have to be kind of like fucked up, like Mozart, Van Gogh, Charlie Parker. Also, Mozart, there's no evidence that he was actually like an alcoholic. But but he was a syphilitic idiot, right? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know about that. Well, right? the syphilis, yes, probably. The syphilis, yes. <laughs> syphilis, yes? <laughs> there's a syphilis. new shirt, guys. Yeah, syphilis, no. Yes. But then yeah, Mac is like, bug. <laughs> normal guys. <laughs> what, what, who are his examples again? Da Vinci and Bach. Those are Max. Uh, Mythos is, is Charlie Parker, Van Gogh, and Mozart. Right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Da Vinci fucking would like steal bodies, right? Didn't he? <laughs> or is that Michelangelo? Or no, Da Vinci. They think it was Michelangelo. Oh, I thought okay. they thought it was Michelangelo. Who was no, he might have done chopping up bodies to like find out their their I mean, anatomy? Da Vinci had those two sick samurai swords. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I don't know. So we get a point counterpoint here about like, oh, do you need to be all fucked up to make art? One says yes, one says no. I like that he calls them normal guys. <laughs> normal guys. Da Vinci Bach, normal guys. They were not Definitely normal guys. not normal guys. Not normal. Maybe they're not drug addicts. <laughs> like, oh, God. And so Mythos is like, well, it doesn't matter. Thomas Kincaid. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter because he's still a great artist. And Mac wonders, like, at what price is that greatness? This is a pretty good question. I think we should yeah. talk about that later. R. Kelly. Exactly. Guys, what an artist. <laughs> Prices too high. <laughs> Trapped in the closet. Married to a 15-year-old. This made me think of a lot of the movie Frank. Oh, if yeah. you've seen that movie. It's a very good movie. That's a great movie. And Is that the old... one with the head? The the, the head? Yeah, yes. Michael Fassbender wears a paper mache head. Papier mache. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a long meditation in that movie about whether trauma and being kind of messed up is the source of art. And it has an interesting take on it. So we cut that night. I thought this was on Duncan's barge at first. It's on some rooftop, right? Near a church? Yeah, where Byron is hugging basically a lightning rod. <laughs> He's like, come and get me. <laughs> to God or whatever. To God, yeah. <laughs> Who's he yelling at? And so Mike, I, I all my notes call him Mikey. Why is that? God damn it. Mike shows up. I think they call him Mikey. <laughs> I do too. Okay, I don't remember good. now. I think he's Mikey. I'm calling him Mikey. My notes literally say Mikey every single time. Perfect. Mikey. Suck it, Eamon. Byron thinks all those people are a bunch of squares, <laughs> and he's like, they're already dead inside, and he has leather pants on, showing how alive he is. Yeah, well, what's more alive than leather pants? <laughs> so Byron's like, I don't think you can play with like the big boys yet, or whatever. Uh, and he's like, go home, and then Mikey's kind of whiny. He's like, oh, man. I didn't tell him to come and talk to you. Thanks for nothing, guys. <laughs> so yeah, so then we cut back outside the music club's Slash Chinese club. Fucking Mikey sucks so bad as being an actor. God damn it. Yeah. He is terrible. He's got those luscious locks, though. He does. He does have, have great hair. Locks. But he's like, yeah, thanks for nothing or whatever. And he's like, I don't want to be playing in like little places like this my whole life. Like kind of shitting on Joe, I guess. Uh, like, don't stomp on my dreams just because, like, you don't have yours or whatever. Uh, and he storms away. But Mac, like, fucking grabs this kid. He grabs him. This is a person he doesn't know. He does not <laughs> yeah. touches know. him. Don't touch him. Mike, you think Byron gives a shit about you? <laughs> no. Uh, and then Joe's like, well, you can, you can still open for us in a few hours. Like, how late is this? Like, again, like, well, they, they, they met at, like, 7 a.m. to rehearse. Yeah. Oh, guys, see you in about uh, 14 hours <laughs> for the concert. <laughs> 
Go home and have a full night's sleep, I guess. God damn it. All right, so we cut back to Byron's place. (laughs) Dutch angles everywhere. Byron is just flailing around. This is the end of the room. Byron is literally (laughs) dressed as Tommy Wiseau with the white shirt, and he is just spinning. He's throwing bottles. This is the end of the room. Oh, he's just smashing shit. Yeah, he's just smashing. (laughs) You're tearing me apart. (laughs) You're tearing me apart, Mikey. So then Mikey shows up. It's like, oh, sorry to interrupt. Like, your smash fest. <laughs> Byron then pulls out some goddamn heroin. Like, we're getting into He's it like, now. Yeah, yeah. Don't disappoint me again. <laughs> right. And we get another shot of that skull. Bum, bum, bum. So we cut back outside that music club, I guess a few hours later. And Mike never shows up. And Joe's like feeling bad. He's like, oh, Mikey wouldn't be in this spot if it wasn't for me. And I was like, what? Why? Like, in what regard? Like, because you called him out on the drugs or that you brought him here from London? That he brought him here. Like, huh? This is all Joe's fault. Duncan McLeod, after he kills Byron, should track Joe down. (laughs) An exact sweet justice. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. karate kick him in the face. <laughs> out of this is all because there. of your decadent yeah. musician's lifestyle, <laughs> Joe. You I never should have like, brought Mikey from London. You're a bar owner, Joe. You sell poison. Oh, my God. But Joe's you're like po- to kids. <laughs> you're poisoning oh the God. alcoholics. Mac is like, you shouldn't feel responsible for him. And Joe counters like, you would. And it's like, oh, you're right, yeah. Mac. And he does. And he apparently <laughs> does for yeah. no reason. So Mac goes off to Byron's place. And there are drugs all over the table. Mac finds Mikey dead on the ground with needle marks and a bottle of wine question mark did anyone do the research i did on this shot no uh it is a bot it's a bottle of jameson my guess is i think they still maybe i thought it was always jameson yeah uh maybe they still have that little promo thing with jameson remember that was going on last season oh was that jameson yeah that was hennessy hennessy you're right that's right genesee nope yeah jameson 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 yeah that's what it is jameson's got a gun um, <laughs> James got a gun. And then mm. Mac throws this shit against a painting. A priceless painting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool, Mac. Which, which it breaks. And yeah. is like wine red all over it. Uh, so I And we get an ADR. Damn him. Damn him. Damn, Damn him. him. Damn him. So what the fuck? <laughs> also, why did Byron leave his body there? Right? Who's going to take care of that? That's all fucked up. Yeah, that's going to be gonna a good disaster. <laughs> McLeod takes care of it. <laughs> that's right. Maurice, <laughs> we'll come back. Yeah. Call, calls it Maurice. He's like, oh, I'll bring my bone saw. That's right. <laughs> Put him in the Marie, Coco Vine. Maurice Bone Saw. What's Maurice's last name? China Cafe. <laughs> Maurice Bone saw China Cafe. So we cut back to Byron's show later. It's a huge crowd. Byron is like fucking all strung out. He's playing pin- pinball, I think, in the green room. Did anyone notice what the pinball machine yes. was? I thought it was, was it Batman? Uh, was it Batman or was it? Oh, Dracula? no, it was, it was Damon Oh, no, Pythias. it was Dracula. It was Dracula. It was Dracula. It was Damon Pythias. And it was like. Why did I said Batman? That's what I meant, Dracula. <laughs> He's a Batman. He is a Batman. I mean, that a is, literal that Batman. It's pretty close. You got it. Why not Frankenstein? I don't know if there's a Frankenstein. Maybe they couldn't get the, there. They have a young Frankenstein, Frankenstein pinball. pinball. Yeah. These people all My know, father's travel. work is doo-doo. <laughs> they all travel <laughs> in the same circles. You know, that Monster Mash. Yeah, that Monster Mash. <laughs> Graveyard Smash. Right. Do you think Byron ever went to the Monster Mash? So Mythos comes in to the green room, and it's like, you should leave He's town. fucking, like... Giving him the heads up. <laughs> it's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you gotta go, dude. Take Go on tour or something. Like, Mac is gonna be after you for this shit. Also, I have a question. Wait a minute. Mythos doesn't know that 
Mikey's dead. Maybe he does. Or does he? I, he must. This implies he that he did. knows. Yeah. I guess so. Huh. I, right. is, I mean, I didn't. This is weird. weird. It, it's a, the time is a little odd, but I didn't question. All it. right. Or maybe is he so? Is does he think that based on the way he manhandled Mikey, that Mac is going to come after him? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So Byron's like, I have a show to do, and then meet this. It's like, well, it didn't used to be a show. Like you used to reach for the heavens, as he says, or whatever. And Byron's like, there is no God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's great. Uh, and he's like, there's no hope or dreams or poetry left. So I don't know. He's this is dark. It is really dark. Like he's fucking hollow at this point, right? Yeah. And so meet this one him to live and byron counters he's like do you want a tombstone that says he he lived for centuries or do you want one that says for centuries he was alive bum, bum, bum. although i agree that like whatever byron's doing right now does not seem to be he's not much really, of living he does he's not doing a living a good life <laughs> no. seemingly he seems like a miserable shit uh so then later in the hallways we cut and mac shows up and gives a look did anyone notice this weird look and like they forgot to put the buzz in like they even do the pan like they zoom in on mac's face and he like looks around there is no buzz sound. And Weird. then he, right after that, meets Mythos. It's like, okay. And Mythos is like, yeah, I know. I know Mike's dead. He doesn't say, I know Mike's dead. He goes, yeah, I know Paladino's dead. And yeah. I was like, who's, who's Paladino? Paladino? <laughs> I was like, out of nowhere, they gave Mikey a last uh, this name? Is the, the southern uh, cook. What? Paladino? Paladino. Paladino. Mac finds her body. It's covered in butter. <laughs> there was ranch dressing everywhere. <laughs> So now we get into some weird shit. Like, Mythos is like, oh, Byron didn't make him do it or anything. And I was like, come on, Mythos. Like, No, I agree with that. See, you agree with that? I I, I don't know. I agree with the I, I certainly agree with the concept that people make their own choices. He was, but, but that choice wouldn't even be given to Mikey if it wasn't for Byron. Like, he's giving him a shitty choice. Like, Byron put him in a position to do a terrible drug that will most certainly, like, cause him ill at some point if he keeps doing it. Or have, like, all your dreams come true Willy Wonka style via phone calls from byron like what a shitty position to put somebody in that's not cool no it's not great but you could just remove you could just remove yourself from that i think that's asking a lot for someone that like has the dream of becoming a musician like to be I like give it's, up everything or do these drugs like frankly here here's i'm not at, saying it's i'm not saying, you, Keith, I'm not saying it's said, none of mikey's fault like he 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 mikey's obviously did dumb <laughs> maybe sure mikey's kind of dumb but like i don't know if you could be a famous rock star for 30 years and the price was doing blow a couple times would you do it maybe <laughs> what like, about heroin heroin's That's a bit right. stronger but like i don't know I think a lot of people would do that and be thrilled with the decision. Mac doesn't know. He puts him in this position. Like, he forces him to make the choice. Like, it's not like it's a casual thing. Like, hey, like, I could party and, like, maybe this will lead to something. I don't know. Like, he's just like, do you want this or do you want that? Like, I I don't know. Two things muddy this. <clears throat> Mac doesn't know that Byron has done this before. True. That is true. And actually, that context is important because Byron is obviously a scumbag. So, like, yeah. defending him, I, I don't know. There's not much incentive to defend him on this particular instance of wrongdoing. This one Just is, because he's clearly to me, like, this is bad, but this one's less bad than the Jerry one. The Jerry one is bon just bananas. Like, the Jerry one, he makes somebody leap to his death. Well, like, he doesn't make that guy do it either, strictly right. speaking. But that one's also just so insane. Yeah. Like, he also, also, but he also, sees, well, he also sees the guy do it. So, like, he believes that he will. Like, I don't know. The fact that Byron does it, too, gives Jerry the some illusion that this is doable. Right. I, I would say that's not, not too out, out of line with the current situation with Mikey. I mean, 
also a couple things. Jerry seemed to have the same dreams Mikey has. Jerry, although, although is a hapless fool and will never get them because he sucks. <laughs> uh, also, Jerry Suck was Jerry. like he got Jerry drunk. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that Mikey was probably pretty fucked up already before he did drugs. Like they must have been drinking all night too, right? Maybe. So he's like not in a good position to make decisions. And also, like you said, like well, Jerry saw Byron was going to jump too. Like I guess it's okay. That's no different than the drug thing. Like look kid i do all these drugs it's cool it's fine you know so he might be like all right i guess it is like he can handle it and he thinks i'm like good like he is so i can probably handle it right like i gotta like i mean even says like can't you play with the big boys like i don't know he like challenges his own like yeah (laughs) max gonna kill byron this This seems crazy so wait where do you fall on this argument amen i mean it's okay not to choose necessarily i'm not sure like I feel like that this is a pattern with Byron makes it a big problem. Yes. Agreed. But Mac is going to fucking chop his head off over this. I do agree that there's some issues here as well. The question isn't like, is Byron a good guy? Like, I'm not saying like, oh, this was a good thing to do. But it's like, all right. Would he would Mac go murder a drug dealer for getting somebody addicted like for participating in getting somebody addicted to drugs? Here's a like diff- straight up street justice. <laughs> I don't know. But I was thinking about this at the end of the episode because I agree, Eamon, like that he kills Byron. I also think is too far. Kyle, you just posited, well, would he kill a drug dealer that's like fucking people up? Well, no. m- maybe Duncan would. <laughs> but this isn't even a drug dealer. This is a drug user. Like, Byron is fucked. He's an addict. Like, he's yeah, an yeah. addict. Like, Byron is sick on, like, multiple, multiple levels. levels. Yeah. And Duncan, like, I don't. I wrote in my notes, like, when Tessa with in The Beast Below, like, oh, Duncan, like, you know, civilized societies don't, like, murder the, like, mentally... The, yeah. Like, with, like, what was his name? Ursa? <laughs> it's yeah. back, baby. The like machine has come into the <laughs> station. Oh, <right. laughs> Sorry, everyone. No, it's but it that is a great point. But like yeah. he he should show some compassion to Byron, especially because he gets he's gotten so much backstory from Mythos, like that this guy is addicted not just to drugs but to everything, and he seems to like his life is hollow, and it's like this guy needs fucking help, and Badly. Mac is just like I'm just going to kill him, like fuck him. And like, he also obviously has contributions to make, yeah, to the collective human effort evidenced by the fact that mac knows his goddamn poems by heart apparently <laughs> right. so he obviously thinks that this guy is something to say so there's a good argument made here where mythos says well if you kill him like think about all the music you're preventing him from making and the poetry like what about all that great stuff and mac's argument's great which is that like well what about mikey like what about all the great music he could have made that he can't anymore yeah that is a good point uh, and that kind of leaves mythos speechless and he kind of gets out of his way what about mikey Mac is so emotional here, by the way. He doesn't know Mikey. Like, that's this is crazy. So weird. Why didn't they make this somebody? I don't know. It's, it seems so artificial. Yep. Or they should have done, I don't know, introduce this character this like earlier. like out of left field. Yeah. Like, this is Mac's new crusade. For right, this, this fucking kid from London. It just seems like he has an axe to grind. Like, oh, all right, I'm going to fucking kill Byron. Like, I'm in a bad mood. So. Yes. <laughs> And this just fell in my lap, so time to, like, <laughs> execute this motherfucker. Yeah, time to <laughs> exercise brutal justice. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we cut now after the concert, and Byron is leaving backstage. He gets the buzz and tells his guards to leave. I don't know, Mac even realizes that Byron isn't happy even in this moment, because Byron is like, here all those people, like, cheer my name or whatever. And Mac is like, yeah, none of it matters, does it, really? Like, it doesn't make you feel any better. It's like, Mac, like, you're acknowledging how fucked up this guy's life is. Like, you yeah. fucking asshole. 
Uh, so anyway, we get into this fight in like a garage or I don't know. It moves yeah, around. It does move around a lot. Byron is seemingly a better sword fighter than I would have assumed. Yeah. And he does have two swords at this yeah. point. And so Matt gets one sword away, throws it. And he's like, now we're even. And Byron pulls out like a hidden gun. Yeah. It's, and he shoots that. I assume leg. he took on stage with him. Yeah. Yeah, it's a concert gun. Just to shoot anyone that hops up on the stage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he shoots Mac in the leg, and he's like, now we're even. So then so the I fight... thought this was good to add some stakes because even based on the previous sword fight we saw, you kind of have no reason to even remotely suspect that Byron is threatening to right. Mac in any way. No, this is always good. And it is tough, I think, because Mac is such like a superhero character on the show. Like, how do you make a fight ever seem matched when you don't have other people that are just like muscle bound freaks like him? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, there's there's poetry that's recited during the fight. I thought, As one does. Did you like this or hate it? I like when there's talking during the fight, so I'll give it that. I gave it a hundred for style. I thought yeah. this was great. I loved it. So anyway, then fucking Mac like breaks his arm, it looks like, and uh and yeah. then finishes the poem and takes his, his head i like that i like that he finishes the poem yeah but it's like kind of dark it's really dark that mac like kind of taunts him before killing him it's yes. fucked this is really fucked up yeah mac is not does not look good in this i don't know not to mention that like he is byron is like pu literally putting on display his art again like in the like in the face of death like here's my art and mac quotes it back and is like no more I don't know. It's it's weird. But he's like kind of Max kind of sad too, right? I mean, he's not relishing in this. I don't think so. Yeah. He seldom relishes. But he thinks it's like his duty to do this. Like Mac always believes in his kills as like righteous kills, I think. Yeah, this isn't one of those. No, I don't know. No. So then let's talk about this. That was not a good Eddie Vedder impression. Oh, well. That was who that was supposed to be? Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, no. Even there we go. What do we got going on here? So Mac like floats up in the air, right? Yeah. And then he like comes back down and does some like rock and roll poses. Awesome. <laughs> Shred some air this, guitar for I a little while. This. I hate this quickening. How do you hate this? You hate you like this? I love it. <laughs> no, you don't. Shut up. <laughs> no, this is like a music video montage. That's why he Adrian Paul's like, it's like a video. <laughs> <laughs> so much padding. We get flashbacks. Yep. I mean, I, I kind of don't mind some of the flashbacky stuff. It made it feel very cinematic to me. Actually, this episode felt very filmic to me with, like, the carriage chases the and the goat, the... the goat. Like, well, also the all rape. these, like, early 19th century costumes I thought were really cool. Like, this was a pretty grand episode, all things considered. Yes. Uh, and I appreciate what I think the quickening montage tried to do. I hate the song. And I think it's dumb. <laughs> Did anyone uh, check out the lyrics to this song? No. They read... You're the one that was, you're the one that is, <laughs> you're the one that always will be. Byron did not write this, these lyrics because they suck. Uh, <laughs> no one mortal is able to lift your veil. I can see your light in the distance. I can see you shine in the distance. Isis, mighty mother, I can feel your presence. Isis. I, I know you're with, I know you're with me. I know you're with me. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're with, <laughs> you're with Money, me, dead, but undead be Osiris in my name and our love and our love. I can see the light in the distance and our love. I can see you shine in the distance. 
and our love. Always in the, and our love. in the distance. Conquers all I can see your light in the distance, and I see you shine in the distance. It goes on like that oh for God. a while. Good guess. That's from the band Melt <laughs> with Marcus Testery, who is Caspian from Comes a Horseman. Oh, what? Wild. Yeah. Wow. How about that? Melt. <laughs> melt. melt. <laughs> what kind of melt are we talking? Like a tuna melt? Like a... I like any kind of melt. I love yeah? A, I love a melt. Do you like when your ice cream melts? No. So you don't like every kind <laughs> you of... got me. <laughs> gotcha. Stumped. <laughs> Boom. It's that gotcha media. Add it again. All right. Let's talk about the denouement. We cut back to the China Cafe or whatever. Joe's playing his guitar. Matt comes in. Mythos is there till always hours of the night. I guess they were waiting to see. Do they not have like apartments? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no. no, that's probably what it is. Like we don't know where to put these characters. No, Mythos does have an apartment because that's true. He was there with right. Amanda. Let's just spend all our time in this closed like cafe. And it's not even Joe's place. Like, why is he there so late alone? He's hanging <laughs> with his boy Maurice. Maurice isn't there either. Yeah. <laughs> So he gave them a key. Yeah. Anyway, so Matt comes in. It's awkward. <laughs> so I killed your friend. Matter and anti-matter. Byron knew this. Which I guess is a line that's referencing something earlier that was cut. Cut, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Matt says, we all know how tragedy ends. And then we get some more voiceover from Byron saying some more lines from Child Harold's Pilgrimage. My task is done. Dung? My task, my task is, is done. My task is done. My song has ceased. My theme has died into an echo. It is fit. Damn. The end. The end. Better to better to better. Game time, bitches. <laughs> the Frankenstein movie game. <laughs> Uh-oh. You have to name the real movie featuring Frankenstein. So I'll read the choices. If you think you know it, shout your name and tell me the letter of the real Frankenstein movie. The letter? The yep. letter. So they'll be lettered. A, B, C. Oh, Okay. Just so you don't have to say the, the whole title. Okay. Yeah, so after I read them, shout out your name if you think you know it. And let's do it. Round one. These are the choices. A, Hell's a Poppin'. B, Hell's a Poppin'? Hell's a Poppin'. <laughs> Not B, familiar with that one. Frankenhooker. C, War of the Gargantuans. What? D, all of these, or E, none of these. Oh, boy. This is hard. What are they? This is going to be really hard. Hell's a... What? A, Hell's a Poppin'. Poppin', all right. B, Frankenhooker. I at least know that movie. C, I've not seen any of these. The War of the Gargantuas. D, all of these, or E, none of these. All right. Let's do it. Shout out your name if you think you know. Okay. (laughs) Am I supposed to start? (laughs) Those are the choices to name the real movie Frankenstein. Oh, oh, cool. B, Frankenhooker. Keith, B, Frankenhooker. Wrong. Kyle, do you What? Hold on. What? Hold on. I'm not even understanding Kyle, this game anymore. All of these? Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> they are all Frankenstein movies. Okay. I think I get this now. Oh, sorry. I wasn't clear. Oh, I, thought I, thought you were about to, I thought you were about to read out quotes from these movies. Oh, no, 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 no. Great game. Great game. Yes. All right. Hey, nice. I like it. No, do we get this it is now? a good idea. I get, it, get now. it now. Sorry. I, I, I wasn't clear. I wasn't clear. Round two. All right. Round the Kyle second. has one point. The first clue, A, Alvin and the Chipmunks meets Frankenstein. The second clue, the Little Rascals meet Frankenstein. <laughs> C, Franken Buddies. D, all of these. D, Kyle. Keep the- Kyle. All of these. No. Oh! Keith. Did you make one of these up? Maybe. Or two of them? Maybe. <laughs> Keith. Keith, E, none? Nope. Which one? No points. The real Frankenstein movie, Alvin and the Chipmunks meet Frankenstein. Oh. I think I had that on VHS, actually. Yeah. Mm. The Little Rascals meets Frankenstein made up. As is Franken Buddies. Franken Buddies. That sounds, that sounds like a pleasant <laughs> Kyle has one point. 
I didn't know there were made up movies too. Made up movies. Shit. Baby. This is hard. <laughs> this is hard. Let's do it. Round three. Choice A. I was a living Frankenstein. Choice B. I was a female Frankenstein. <laughs> Choice C. I was a teenage Frankenstein. D. All of these. E. None of these. Kyle. Kyle. Teenage Frankenstein. Yes, correct. Kyle has two points, baby. Suck it. <laughs> Round four. Choice A. Rock and roll Frankenstein. Choice B. Frankenstein and the monster from hell. <laughs> Choice C, the monster of Frankenstein. D, all of these. E, none of these. Keith? Yes, Keith. D, all? No. Kyle A? No, it is B, Frankenstein and the monster from hell. Wow. The other ones are made up. Rock and roll Frankenstein would be a fun movie. (laughs) That's why I picked it. I I want to see a rock. These should all be pitched to somebody. (laughs) Oh, I'm pitching all these movies. Rock and roll Frankenstein does sound good. AP, if you're listening. uh... So I think Kyle's won, but we'll do one, one sure, final one round for fun. fun. It's two nothing, by the way. Choice A, Jazz Frankenstein. <laughs> if, there's a, if there's no rock and roll Frankenstein, but there is a Jazz Frankenstein, <laughs> I will lose my shit. Choice B, Frankenweiner. Choice Kyle. C, ter- yes, Kyle. You said Frankenweiner, not Frankenweenie, so I'm going to guess whatever C is. <laughs> That is incorrect. Keith, do you have a guess? I would like to hear the rest of the yes. options here. C, Terror of Victoria Frankenstein. D, all of these. E, none of these. E, none? Yes, correct. Oh, yeah. I got that point. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Frankenweiner. Was, that was my tricky... I my know. Tricky, and I, as I, I've heard it after I... My tricky dicky. That's right. Kyle wins. Nice job, Kyle. Sorry, I was so unclear on the instructions. No, I liked that, though. That was pretty funny. Because <laughs> there are a lot of Frankenstein properties out there. There are. Way too many. Way too many. Not a rock and roll one. No. That's a bummer. No rock and roll. I we can't believe he's not playing the guitar. I mean, wait, does the Monster Mash count as a rock and roll Frankenstein? I'm sure he does. Sure, sure he's Why there. not? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's covered. That's probably why they've never made it. He did the mash. <laughs> That's right. He did the monster mash. Guys, before we talk about this episode, let's talk Watcher Chronicles. We got two immortals to cover. George Gordon Noel Byron. There he is. Known alias is Lord Byron, George Rockdale, and James Morrison. Is he Jim Morrison? Wait, Jim Morrison. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Go ahead. No way. That doesn't make any sense. So, come on. Uh, we know what he looks like. He's like, he was two rock and roll stars in a row. Rock and roll McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Born 1788 England. So, Kyle, you're correct. that he This is his first life. First life. Yeah. Because wow. the flashback is what, 1816? Something like that? Sounds right. Yeah. How about that? How about that? First teacher, Dr. Benjamin Adams. Mm, so, Benjamin Mythos. Button. Yeah, Benjamin yeah. Button. Well, he went by Dr. Adams. So. Correct. Later, he's Adam Pearson. Uh, original cultural affiliation, English, recent base of operations, Los Angeles, California. Occupation, singer. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? Singer. Of Lord, if, of Lord Byron and the Undead. Wow. He still goes by, by Lord, Lord Byron. Byron. Great. Weird. <laughs> so his chronicle reads, Someone once said that when someone like Byron dies, the stars burn a little less brightly. For all I know, it was probably Byron himself. For 200 years, he was a madman and a genius. I'm sure he'd be the first to say, and more eloquently than I, that one cannot exist without the other. Without the manic rages, there would be no Don Juan. Without the chasms of depression, no Child Harold. Without the needle and the bottle, no triple platinum meet the undead. I love the third made-up one. 
Um, That's the classic fantasy trope. Two real ones and then a made up one. one. Mm -hmm. In all his incarnations, poet, playwright, lyricist, pop star, one thing remained true. The madness at war with the genius. The madness seemed to be winning towards the end as the genius lost its spark. As as there seemed, everything seems uh, to be no challenges left for the feverish mind to overcome. Or to put it less eloquently, but more bluntly, he'd been there, he'd done that. Maybe death, the focus of his poetry, was his last last great adventure. Huh. Huh. Mm. Huh. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm I gleaned anything judgy, from it. Uh, but yes, it was good that it wasn't judgy. I was expecting it to be. The human grease stain <laughs> is Lord Byron. Next immortal is Hans Kirschner, known alias is Hansel Kirsch, born 937 in Madgeburg, Saxony. His first death in 978. Captain of City Guard Repelling Invaders. Also, did I not read a first death for Byron? I don't know if you did. 1815 was Byron's first death. Suicide. That's fucking rough. Very. But also does give some credence to, we were discussing earlier that like, I wish he was a little different back then. This seems to like give implications that he was never okay with life. At all. At all. And he was like, what a weird punishment to try to kill yourself and then be like, I can't. I can't. That's a good point. Uh, cultural affiliation, German. Recent base of operations, Heidelberg, Germany. Occupation, dueling instructor. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that clever? Because it's F. Braun. His chronicle what reads. embarrassment to get killed by this putz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a world bereft of great ones, of Ramirez and Ash, their legacy remained in the hands of another master of the sword, Kirshner. There was nothing you could not do with the blade. No trick, no feint that would catch him unawares. Princes, kings, and immortals from around the world would beg to study at the feet of the master. So, why was a neophyte cripple able to take the teacher of the greatest swordsman in the world? Yikes. Yeah. Uh, the two things that have blinded men since the beginning of time, love and hate. Kirshner loved only one thing as well as he did the sword. His mortal wife, Darla. <laughs> Darla. <laughs> Uh, to find out that she had been used by that Cretan Byron, used, used, used inst- through two. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I don't know. We know Byron's kind of a rapist. Yeah, so like, maybe, was he maybe just it was rapes? accurate. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes it real dark. Yeah, um, just like that fight scene was. Yeah. yeah, and so when he had finally tracked down the cuckolding poet, he led with his heart, not his head. He allowed his anger to rule his judgment, and so gave Byron command of the fight and the victory, an ignominious end to a great man and master of the art. Womp womp. Congratulations, Keith, for pronouncing ignominious 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 that's right what are we thinking of this bad boy well, let's I think talk Kyle, it out you you won the victory so i'm very torn on this episode i love a lot of the bones that are here but like something about it does not come together and all the halloween shit really takes me out <laughs> of it. Halloween I, shit. I don't know you guys seem to have different opinions of that what was the halloween shit it was every time mary shelley had some kind of weird filtery vision of like bird daughter or the Frankenstein wanderer or like when Byron, even in the present, gets like some weird filters put on him. So I guess I don't know. I never equated that to being like a Halloween filter. <laughs> Literally a bird nosed, like wooden beaked creep child stands in a window menacingly like it's supposed to have this like weird horror thing i suppose i mean yeah i I agree with like that it's i don't know supposed to be kind of scary is it just that like frankenstein's like a halloweeny monster well i mean i'm using that for spooky obviously i'm I'm saying like it literally (laughs) invokes halloween those things make it visually confusing to me and frankly i don't understand what the prometheus plot really has to do with the 
present day plot. And they chose to name the episode after it. So who is the modern Prometheus in this? Why is that name being imposed on them? And what's its connection to anything? I feel like they had this cool idea that was like, you know, immortals inspire Frankenstein. Which is cool and fun. Right. They had that idea, and then they somehow cobbled this episode around it, <laughs> Yeah, I think. But the rest of it, kind of, I don't know if it connects, really. Hmm. I don't know that it does. And it makes me feel like Mythos should be the one in the driver's seat in the present, and he isn't. Yeah, it's weird that he's not involved. Like, he really takes a backseat to everything in the present. Like, he doesn't interact with Byron, like, at all, practically. It's, I don't know. And he seemingly lets Mac kill his student and it's like friend yeah it's also weird that mythos isn't like i don't know like uh, you'd think byron would be inviting him to come along like mythos like come and hang out with me and my girls and like i don't know that's not part of this episode no because we could see a return to form for mythos like i don't know He's like, oh, it's been a, it's been a while since I've attended a, a great eyes wide shut situation right. so. or i mean just a nice counterpoint that like mythos even didn't seem to be too into it back in the day that like well byron's full into this and like mythos come along and like maybe mythos can be a little firmer on like i'm not into this man like this seemed like like studies in light too it is it is studies in light too yeah Yeah. i was just like "Eh, we've seen this kind of already i don't really care about the mikey plot you wait mikey didn't (laughs) steal your heart (laughs) no i didn't that dirt stashed and worm your way into your heart like the little caterpillar it is like this seemed like a like a season oneer Mm. for part of it the present day plot feels season one you're right it's really hollow like lord byron it's a hollow man it's a hollow man a hollow man Uh, man. man. the flashbacks look terrific but it's also weird there's all those weird decisions like the goat (laughs) like the sexual assault that's laughed off that's really dark (laughs) it's really fucked up i Yeah. yeah it's that's bad yeah yeah they made him do bad things like that i wish he didn't do stuff like that's bad. <laughs> I'm stammering not, like an idiot. Like, he just didn't have to rape her. Like, he can just be pushing things too far personally. But he doesn't have to be assaulting other people. And he doesn't have to purposefully kill Jerry, essentially. Right. Like, the idea that he pushes things too far and he's okay because he's immortal and they're not. That's different. Like, right. if he's just a degenerate and, like, doesn't understand, like, and has lost the ability to kind of perceive mortals' limits. That's very different than him being, like... Oh, okay. Bye, Jerry. I'm going to kind of kill you for fun. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I've talked a lot. Well, what do you think? You you mentioned that the, the title of the modern Prometheus. Like, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, are they trying to say, like, that he's he did too many drugs and look where it got him? I don't know. But that's not... That's... His his outlook on life has nothing to do with his drug use, it would seem. Or does it? I don't think it does. Because well, he was doing drugs back then. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm never getting the impression that, like... Because he went down this path, he's like has a twisted view of reality. It's like, no, that's not it. Like he seems to have a different view of reality and then does the drugs. Like yeah. so I don't think you could correlate the drugs being like Prometheus. Like they do have that line, you're flying high. Uh, you're flying high. So, was that their little clever thing? I don't know. I don't get it. Also, Byron has a poem about Prometheus, which is confusing. Because the modern Prometheus seems to be a reference to the Frankenstein, right. not a reference to this Lord Byron poem. Right. But then I don't understand what like the story of Prometheus has to do with any of this anyway. Well, that's the that's the like the alternate title of the Frankenstein. 
Right. Right. Is the modern but, Prometheus. Right. But in this but, case, but, so it seems to be only about that, not yeah. the story of like right. the original story of Prometheus. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. Sure. It makes, the, Fra- the Frankenstein connection makes sense to the story of Prometheus, the original story. Does it? I think so. Um, I mean, I think it's said, like you, that you, when you mess with nature, like you've done, you've gone too far. <laughs> like, yeah. This yeah. is an unholy thing you've created. An unholy yeah. alliance part one. <laughs> That's right. Or two. Uh, yeah. I mean, are they also trying to say that like Byron is Frankenstein? Like that he, like, cause this band's called the undead. Like he is like hollow in side like he hmm. he's this wounded i mean monster. like I, I see connections to byron and frankenstein but not but the modern prometheus is not a reference to the monster in frankenstein it's a reference to the inventor the doctor victor you know what i mean like so things are just conflated here right because byron is more like the monster than the actual prometheus in that story which is victor victor right uh, you're on a first name basis with him now <laughs> call him vic call him vic what's up vic is Mike is Mike Frankenstein's monster? Are they all Frankenstein's <laughs> monster because he destroys them? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Are there any other like good questions this brings up? Well, I, actually, why hold is Mac such a dickhead? Mac is a fucking asshole. He's so into other people's business, and he has no right being there. Can you imagine going to a, a uh, meeting uh, somebody one time, like going and to all a friend's of a concert? <laughs> like, oh, I got a band, guys. You want to come hear my band? Oh, sure, that'd be really fun. And then, like three days later, you murder one of their friends. Like, <laughs> like that's the trajectory of like Mac's events in his life right yeah. now. I went to a concert and then found myself murdering someone, a famous musician. Mac days is later. totally off base in this episode. I think. Yeah, I agree. For for what reasons? He just that he doesn't know him. That he doesn't know him, and he fucking kills, kills Byron. <laughs> Without he kills even a legendary artist for doing drugs. Well, basically. this is well, this is where we can get into some like real deal. Get into the shit. The conversation they bring up this high, these Highlander episodes seem to relate to things ongoing as it seems. What is someone's wrongdoings worth compared to like their art or whatever they give us? That's like a real question this ass. Yeah. Like if you're to give the caveat that like let's say Mac is right and that Byron caused the death of this kid. Where how do we weigh these things? Well, if he actually does call, like if we're very comfortable with the causation, like say he's just murdered him. Right. That's different. Like then, you know, his art isn't worth that. Like giving him a pass on it. But if he's just a degenerate and, like, other degenerates around him get, like, sucked into that web, like, that's not the same. That's not him, like, committing heinous crimes. But, of course, in this context, we kind of suspect that he is committing heinous crimes and, like, trying to kill Jerry and perhaps even trying to kill Mikey. Yeah, it's just, like, not clear. But Mac has chided people for less and you know excused his friend for intentionally killing ten thousand people yes who's in this episode <laughs> who's in this episode, <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> as his best bud so it's like what like he can't accept the concept that this broken man might have a drug problem <laughs> yeah mythos killed ten thousand <laughs> and raped his friend <laughs> Well, at least Mythos is different now. Mythos has changed. Sure. Which is different. And Byron Mac, seemingly has not, but also Byron seems to be sick. And Mac right. won't give him a chance and just fucking kills him. It's insane. <laughs> it's really crazy. I want to like this episode more. I was looking forward to this episode. I've been hearing about this episode so much, and I, I was a little disappointed. I will say. Yeah, this one doesn't quite land for me. All right, what could make it better? Highlander rewrite. What's missing? What what do we got to do? That was a question I wanted to ask is, what does this episode look like if Mythos is in the driver's seat of the present day plot? Like, Ratchet Max roll down, Ratchet Mythos's roll up. What's it look like? I think there would be a lot more, like, discussion. Mythos wouldn't fly off the handle and kill Byron, probably. Or maybe that's why Mac has to come in, because maybe Byron's, like, going to 
X mythos or something. We haven't talked about courage in its relation to this episode. No, that's a good point. Because this is also like, like you said, studies and light is close to this. Timeless is related to this. And I think courage is the other one. And like Mac, like quote unquote, like puts down, what's it? What was his friend's name in courage? Cullen. Cullen. Because he's like a danger to himself and others. Is that the angle we think this but Mac doesn't know about the other death, which really does throw a wrench in the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And, like, Cullen tried to kill Richie and, like, crashed a bus full of innocent people. Yeah, that's bad. Like, do we think Byron jumped off the rafters with Jerry because he was on drugs? I never got that impression. No. Again, I no. feel like the drugs are irrelevant to Byron's story in a weird way. In some ways, they are. Like, it's just, his actions don't re- aren't dependent on his drug use. Like No, they're just about him seeking like a never greater thrill, right. something to snap him into consciousness in some way. Snap into a Slim Jim. That's, slim that's what, somebody needed to give him some Slim Jims, and that would have solved all of this. I don't know. I think I like the idea of what you were saying, of, like, mythos parties with him, and then, like, breaks get pumped. In my head, kind of, the idea would be, like, Mythos maybe tries to intercede on Mikey's behalf. It causes a conflict. But the reason it escalates is because Byron is effectively suicidal. Like, he wants Mythos or Mac to to kill him. That would be interesting. And that's why, or at least he wants to be afraid of death. And, like, that's something that they can give him that jumping off buildings can. Yeah. So he instigates it because he's got you know, kind of this suicide by cop mentality. Right. Something different, because otherwise it just seems like he kind of wants nothing to do with them, even though he's allegedly friends with Mythos. And it's just like, oh, drugs are bad, so I'm going to kill you. Right. Uh, in the special features, the writer says Byron, he, he quotes, he's like, yeah, Byron's a crazy dude. He's like, he did guys, he did girls, he did sheep. And I was like, was that the goat? And was, I was that like, why the goat? And I was like, huh? Like, yeah. is that based on anything? Yeah, and is that why the the, the goat is there? And did he do sh- have sex with sheep? I don't know. I don't know either. I hope Write so. us in, yeah. listeners, and let us know. <laughs> we probably could have Googled it, but we didn't. So you should. And yeah, us Google in. image sex with sheep, sheep. and Lord tell us. Byron. Google image. <laughs> See what you find. Do it only at work. <laughs> he did, guys. Yeah, do it at work. <laughs> Safe search off. We will not pay your unemployment. <laughs> Kyle, how many shelled almonds would you give this? I give this two and a half shelled almonds it should be great it just isn't for a lot of the reasons that we've discussed byron is just so utterly detestable but at the same time the judgment of him still feels unjust there's just those weird cinematic decisions a lot of this episode just made me weirdly uncomfortable with all the orgy and sexual assault talk and the goat and there's also some weird directorial choices from ap that like stop some interesting visuals from landing hmm. so i think this is a 2.5 2.5 amen how many undead would you give this undead or better yet how many jerry's would you give jerry this? i was gonna give it a three which i think is a little too charitable but i like the shelly angle there's a good sword fight that's obscured by a fence <laughs> the flashbacks are good very nice costumes that stuff's all good but duncan duncan's weird quest this just episode just feels like it's just like, well, here's an episode. It just seems weird that Max like so invested in this from jump. Yeah, it is weird. You can put this episode anywhere too, I think. Yeah. yeah. It kind of wouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. It's funny though that it's after discovering that your best friend's a genocidal <laughs> creep, but <laughs> Yeah. Wow. But not a drug addict, so Right. So your final rating, Amen? Three. Three. Keith, how many drugged up hussies would you give this? <laughs> drugged episode? up hussies. Wow. I don't know if I want to honor that. That with a score. How about uh, how many <laughs> how about? 
OD'd Mikey's. Oh, okay. I'll do that. I might go. Mike I go. might I might go with three point five OD Mikey's. Okay. The way you were saying that, I thought you were about to give this a four and a half. Yeah. I was supposed to go like, we we're going to fight. Five stars. Fights. No. Uh, no, I well, some of the stuff that you didn't like, I kind of did like. I liked that. I liked the washed out graininess to the footage. Ooh. Although I did not like the slow frame rate rock and roll, like that music video aesthetic. I didn't like too much, but I, I didn't mind the the washed out look. I thought that was like kind of symbolic and cool. Uh, yeah, I really like the general themes of this episode, I think are awesome. It's not far off from being good. I don't know. It's weird. Like it even did spur good conversations with us. Like there are good questions. Like what is art worth? Do you have to be fucked up or like go through a bunch of shit to make good art, which we didn't even really discuss. Like, some people kind of think that's part of it, and I don't know. It has some really good stuff. I actually think Jonathan Firth. I liked him as Byron. I thought he did it. I thought the actor did it already. Right yeah, he uh, was testable, he was, but sure. <laughs> no, I thought there was like a lot of really great stuff, but like it, it all hinges on the relationship with Mac, and none of that makes sense, which I think throws a lot of stuff off kilter. And like, especially said, Kyle, that he has a pre-existing relationship with another main character. Yeah, like he has a relationship with Mythos that could, could be mined for this stuff, and it's not. Right, so weird. And you would think Mac wouldn't be, like, Mac, AP directed this. You'd think he'd be the one on the back burner. You know what I mean? Like, why? No act, one puts why, Mac why should in I the act? corner. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, I'll step back and I'll be kind of the B character in this. And Mythos, you take the lead, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, weird. But in general, I like the style of it. I think the, the poetry thing at the during the end fight is really cool. Although the quickening is, like, dog shit. I don't know. There's like so much like, oh, my God, it's meta. This is a meta episode. It's fucking sublime. The episode is sublime. 4.5. It is ugly and beautiful at the same time. It doesn't make sense. It's grotesque. It's grotesque. Grotesque. Like Frankenstein's monster. God damn it. Mm, Five stars. I'm not giving it five stars. It's still a three. I'll hold it to 3.5. Wow. How about that? How about that? We've talked a lot about this thing. (laughs) I imagine people have some thoughts on this one, so they should write us in at highlanderrewatched at gmail.com. That's right. And if you're a Patreon patron, uh, your emails go to the front of the queue. Uh, So make sure to sign up for a Patreon and support the podcast. And also, we've got these awesome new Money No t-shirts available in our T Public store, just go to T Public and search Highlander Rewatch to find our store or find a link on our Facebook page. We've got two designs for money now, plus there's some other shit up there you might be interested in, so check it out. Magnets. Magnets. And don't forget the <laughs> magnets. magnets, too, which are available via our Facebook store and via Etsy.com. Etsy. Also, just search for Highlander Rewatch. Thanks again for joining us this week. We'll be back next week to talk about the season finale, episode Arch 18. Angel. Arch, Archangel. Archangel. <laughs> Archangel. <laughs> That's right. Archangel next week. Thanks a lot. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. Did Amen. Bye. Bye-bye. Only the almonds just cut it there. Almonds. Almond. 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 Almond.